It's Dutch. I'm just letting you know what we're doing. We had our good friend, comedian Andy Frampton, on the show uh, this week, recorded on Friday. And we recorded for a little bit over four hours. So what I'm doing is I'm going to split it into two special episodes. You get two episodes this week. Elena was not with us. Um, we joked about how she was... Uh, she was there but she was just making sandwiches in the back but uh, that's not true she wasn't here at all I think she was somewhere cheating on Aaron so whatever um, that's not my business but uh, yeah we're splitting it up here this is my friend right now singing John Morgan and you can go to junamusic.bandcamp.com and download his album he has three albums up, actually. So enjoy the episode, and we'll drop another one on Thursday. Also, follow Andy Frampton on Twitter at Frandy underscore Ampton. Frandy underscore Ampton. Thank you very much. Booker T. <laughs> what a wonderful human being. You could see how he hated that he said that, too. Motherfucker. <laughs> It'll be much smoother later when I edit it. <laughs> Sweet China's oversized clit. We are back. <laughs> it's your dirty Uncle Dutch here with returning champion Aaron. Good evening, sir. Chucky Tater Sacks over there. Hello. And Elena's not here tonight. Well, she's here, but um, didn't have enough mics. And uh, we have a guest, so she's back there making sandwiches and shit. Um. Where that, she's at home. That was her call. In the kitchen. That was her call. <laughs> and uh, we have um, with us, instead of Elena, 
worldwide superstar, Andy Frampton. Good evening. Hold on. I want the the uh, uh never mind. <laughs> there was something we were gonna do and we forgot. <laughs> the uh the audience forgot to uh applaud. Oh well you know they, they do that a lot of times. <laughs> Now, for those of you don't know that don't know, Andy Frampton is a uh, comedian from the Charleston, West Virginia area. That's what I've heard. He's a uh, he's a he's a gadabout. He's a. I don't know what that word means, but all right. <laughs> he seems like a bit of a scoundrel. Ain't no bit to it. <laughs> he's known to gallivant. Yeah, I, I've, I've gallivanted around in my in my day. Uh, let's be honest about it. Let me give me a real intro. <laughs> I thought we were going to Bob and Tom and I'd feed you a bit. Well, that you know that that's that scene where it was going, but I've always wanted to go on Bob and Tom and just take it over, just because I want to punch Bob in the face. But edit that out in case Bob ever wants to book <laughs> the Andy and Chick show would be a fucking ratings boom. I love Chick. I like you. I saw Chick, like what Chick McGee looks like the other day for the first time in my life. I'm so sorry. Didn't, didn't look anything like his voice sounds like. I was like, <laughs> okay, it, that's that's you, dude. Whatever. Yeah, I met uh, the DJs for, I think it's V100 in the morning or John Tesh. <laughs> <laughs> no, John Tesh is a is a large statuesque fellow. Can, can, I, can I can I ask a question? You you three are intelligent guys, and I've listened to this show before. Well, let's I, not overstate that. I mean, hey, I don't oh, say, hey, 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 I was you know. There's a lot of things that were said about me before the mics got on. So <laughs> you know, King of the Hooligans is you know not a fucking joke. Anyway, uh, I've listened to the show before, and I enjoy it. That's why I'm here. That and you guys are my friends. Oh, oh. That's a full house moment. Um, <laughs> How rude. Wee, wee. Yeah. But uh, who gave John Tesh a radio show? And who is in charge of stopping the people who should be in charge of slaying him? Well, that goes back about 400 years. Um, you know the song Crossroads? Um, went down to the crossroads and he sold his soul to the devil. Okay, yeah. John Tesh wrote that. In the with late his teeth 16- on a piano. Yes, exactly. Well, I'm I'm not here to judge how John Tesh plays piano. <laughs> I am. I mean, his teeth. That you're going to learn really fast that I'm a judgmental <laughs> son of a bitch. His tooth flexibility alone is beyond comparison. I think. I'm completely convinced one day I'm going to be part of a news team and they're going to be talking about an article and the news anchor is going to say, we now go live on the scene to Andy Frampton who is judging people based clearly on sight. (laughs) And it's just going to pan to me outside and I'm like, that guy's an asshole. She's a slut. That kid doesn't know who his dad is. This is a church group. I calls them like I sees them, lady. That was two types of slut shaming. We're going to get blogged about. Yeah. Maybe we'll make it to the Washington Post. I've been blogged about and tweeted about in the good town of uh, Huntington, a.k.a. Little Detroit. So, uh, <laughs> so, what have they t- blogged it and or tweeted the, about? There's an uh, th- open mic out there. I'm not going to give a shout out to the open mic because this will be bad press for it. <laughs> but um, there's an open mic that we do uh, down in Huntington. And this girl, apparently before I started going there, she went. And she tried to do stand-up at the open mic, and she just wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking creative crit- criticism, or uh, constructive. constructive criticism, I should have said. Sorry, thank you. That's why um, I'm here. That's right. <laughs> Rope us all back in. <laughs> 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 she 
just made a Twitter page and now she goes to every open mic and shit talks shit just talks shit about him in her tweets as the and so instead of like confronting her and saying hey what's what's your fucking problem or whatever the nicer way to say that would be we just time who was on stage to see which tweet is about which comedian now. <laughs> and I made the, I felt like such a, like I had broken the, through the glass ceiling because I wasn't getting tweets about me. <clears throat> she was talking shit about all the people that shunned her. I never shunned her. And then finally, I made a joke about fat people in Alabama. And the tweet was, I don't think you have to add in their fat if you're trying to call them rednecks. That's just redundant, seeing as how you're a redneck too. And I was like, success! <laughs> yes! <laughs> you fucking cunt. Exactly. <laughs> Who, uh, this is the uh, basic question that any person would get that uh, is a comedian. Who are your influences? Uh, a lot of them, actually. And... Uh, my favorite comedian of all time is Carlin. Uh, Amen. It's it's just like that always comes up. Uh, who's the best, Carlin or Richard Pryor? Uh, it's always a tie for me, but I gravitate more towards George Carlin because I like the fact that I love Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor told stories about his life, and that's a lot of what I do in my act. But I, I always love the fact that Carlin never told you jokes. Carlin just told you things that were true. He yeah. just set them real fucked up, so you laughed about it. But I've always always liked George Carlin. Uh, I'm a huge Robin Williams fan. Uh, I can remember being eight years old, and my teacher asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I said Robin Williams in the middle of class. Like, I wanted to be Robin Williams. And But a, a lot of guys on the lower levels, not like mega stardom. Uh, I love John Reap. I think John Reap's hilarious. Fuck yeah. yeah. John Caparulo's funny as hell. I like yes. John Caparulo. Um, he told one of the most racist jokes I've ever heard that I will share here in a second. All right. Uh, I like him. Uh, um, can't be excited enough for this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's going to fit in. It's going to be seamless with that clip we just heard. In this day and age, anytime somebody says the most racist, I'm like, I'll see that and raise you. <laughs> but uh, uh, Angelia Johnson is a comedian that I really like. She's uh, I like her. Yeah, she, she was like on the last season of Mad TV and everything she she's really funny she's uh, hot as fuck too yeah and she i was a like writer's cheerleader wasn't she i don't know if she was a writer's cheerleader yeah she was a writer was she a writer i thought maybe she was for the chargers i knew she was a cheerleader for one of the california teams. No, she's like a very diminutive why do we got to call them raiderettes just because they're girls can't they because they're not be the raiders? ones out there risking concussions and, and early death to play a fucking sport sorry chuck they date <laughs> football players they are definitely risking both of those <laughs> I don't know how often you've seen roid rage in this day and age, but it usually involves a crack pipe. Too often for my taste, sir. Yeah. No, um, not to, and we can, if you want to keep going about your influence, we can edit this out. We, we have, I have all night. I don't have anywhere to be. It's not like I got a girlfriend. It's, it's, we might, it might be a little bit shorter tonight because Elena's not on because usually we record for eight hours. Right. And, but we have to, I have to edit out all of her racial slurs. So, <laughs> right. So, what, what you're telling me is the, the window is six to 10. Yeah. We, <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm fine with that. Now, um, John Caparulo, I think it was John Caparulo, was on Chelsea Handler. Yeah. He's been and he either gave the setup for this joke or he told it himself when they were saying, 
And this is not a Kardashian bit. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. We've uh, released your Kardashian hatred. Yes, we have. I, I don't. I don't hate them anymore. But this is funny because it was because it was said, and because Lonnie, Lonnie Love was sitting right here, and she laughed so fucking hard, I thought she was going to die. She, he said, uh, Kim Kardashian wants a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Well, they just put it outside of a KFC so they can have every black guy walk all over on their way in again. <laughs> Oh, crap. <laughs> and Lottie Love laughed so fucking hard, I thought she was going to keel over. It's just like, well, not racist. <laughs> How was that not blogged about for seven months? Because this is the time before. This is something I wanted to... Don't you think this, this racism thing has now become such a massive phenomenon again? It's it's really turned... Trump has opened up the floodgates it's for this o- what the, it, What's happening is it's overcorrecting, and yeah. then it'll end up... Bouncing back, yeah, out. okay, yeah, yeah but, we, but but we've got all the way until we until we have until we elect a new president before it starts to go back. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is going to be hot button until November next year, at least. Yeah, we got serious fast. I appreciate that, fellas. I do because <laughs> there's times where there's a clown in my head, and you got to just fucking kill that little shit. <laughs> it's like you stop stabbing those kids. <laughs> we got to talk about real stuff. I want to fuck that clown, get it pregnant, and create more clowns. It's like now you. You get on your fucking ukulele lately playing unicorn and get the fuck out of here. I'll play the ukulele, thank you very much. That's right. <laughs> no, um, I d- have noticed, like, I sent you a bunch of links before I got here about, you know, there's now, there's Jon Stewart. That's that's the one I wanted to talk about and get your guys' take on this. Do you think this guy has gone overboard with his... Sensitivity about the whole thing. Well, I, or do you think John Stewart was a, was a cunt for doing that? I read that article. Uh, I didn't listen to him on on my good friend Marin's podcast, um, but I, I read the article and he he seems a bit like he wants to be a martyr. Yeah, he kind of does. I mean, he basically literally says it. He just said, I, I, "I'm the only black writer in the room. I feel like I have to stand up for all of my people." Oh, mm-hmm. fuck off! I mean, you, you don't. But I mean, if that if the the sketch that he was doing really got on your nerves, it's good that you pointed it out. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Jon Stewart's the motherfucking boss. Yeah. And he's going to scream at you. Right. Because that's what fucking bosses I, I've do. Heard, I've heard nothing about this, so did, like, a writer from Jon Stewart. What Wyatt Sinek has something. I, I'm on, all I know is it was Wyatt Sinek or Sinek, however you say his last yeah, name. That, he's well, a good comic. He is. He's really good. Like, I know that him and Stewart have heat now. I don't know what it's about, so. No, Stewart was going, he did, apparently, the guy got offended when he did a Herman Cain impression that he thought was inappropriate. I'm like, well, everything about Herman Cain is inappropriate. <laughs> hey, hey, so. hey, hey. <laughs> Just sit there and talk shit about the godfather of Godfather's Pizza? Don't, don't, don't you downplay. Look. I need you to not downplay a man, a grown man, who somehow introduced the phrase all shucky-ducky yeah. to modern politics, all right? <laughs> Successfully got that into politics. In fact, that's, a, that's a borderline miracle, Chuck. And the fact that it was done by a black man who politics looks down on Hell, I'll go so far as to say Herman Cain, possibly a Highlander. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was, he was the one, he was a, the guy's a fucking, uh, I got him a nurse so bad. We think China has weapons of mass destruction. It's like, you do? You think they do? They've had him for as long as we have, you fucking idiot. You know. You still talking about Cain? Yes. 
Oh, no, you said it wrong. We's thinking they got the... <laughs> That's how he did it! People want to tell me I'm a shithead for saying that. It is how he did it. Herman Cain is... And, and, don't get me wrong. I am... Y'all threw three He's arms. like Samuel L. Jackson's character. Y'all threw yeah. the real guy. Yeah, like... I, 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 I Django know. and Django. Yeah. How come you didn't tell me you knowed him? <laughs> I saw the way you looked at him. I knowed you knowed him. Like, that's Herman Cain talking to fucking Hillary Clinton. It's, you know, and, and, but it's, I'm extremely conservative in a lot of my views, and I've defended Herman Cain before because of his 999 plan. I'm like, you know what? It's a good basis. It needs a lot of fucking work. But it's a good base to start on a tax reform. It really is. Yeah, it needs a lot of work, as every tax fucking issue does. But then it comes out of nowhere with, yeah, oh, well, we're going to find all them damn weapons of mass destruction, boss. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's making it really hard to defend you. <laughs> you went. You literally went from from sounding like you went to Harvard to sounding like an extra in the adventures of Br'er Rabbit. It's like, stop it! <laughs> Do you that, know how long I talked about you at the bus stop today? Yeah, that uh, that Uncle Remus sings, that was pretty racist. Yeah. That's exactly what... It, like, he just... It's, oh, it's, Disney was really going for it at that point. They had the Crows and Dumbo who were... You know what though? Uh, the, what I think's funny, since we're still talking about racism in a vague way, uh, Uncle Remus and all that. Um, for anybody out there who doesn't know what it is, uh, Disney made a live action with the Brer Fox, Brer Rabbit, all that, uh, with black characters being slaves, you know, and happily doing their job. That's literally one of those things on the internet that's like under lock and key. You have to dig to find. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Um, I so watched, what? I, I mean, watched. Well, I watched a thing uh, yesterday. Can't remember the guy's name. It's Matthew something, and he always does those lists like top five, uh, top five forbidden things in movies or whatever. You know, it's uh, you know, like they they show on the Little Mermaid with the preacher. It's like, oh, the preacher's got a boner while he's trying to marry yeah, him, or yeah. what you know, <laughs> shit like that. I had a boner during that scene too. <laughs> Who didn't, sir? <laughs> I get a boner anytime I think about the fact that a girl was willing to give up her ability to talk to be able to spread her legs for me, okay? <laughs> hey, you're the greatest woman ever. <laughs> Bring that seagull that keeps combing your hair with a fork. <laughs> and that Harry Belafonte crab. That's right. That wasn't racist. No, it was really Harry Belafonte doing the voice, wasn't it? I know it, it was. Yeah. I was going to say, it's... Um, but but no, uh, the Uncle Remus stuff and everything. And then there's uh, there's an episode of Looney Tunes where Yosemite Sam's a Southern general and uh, Bugs comes up as a slave. Yeah. And then he shows back up as Abraham Lincoln and he's like, what's this I hear about you whipping slaves? You know, and that's like how the fucking episode ends is he takes Yosemite Sam out. That shit was on this list and like the internet fucking tribunal or whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> the Illuminati. Which, which, They're yeah, very yeah, shadowy. The, it's the, a very the, shadowy group. Yeah, the internet Illuminati, which I figure is is like, you know, Kevin Smith, Seth MacFarlane, and the guy who plays Booger in Revenge of the Nerds. Um, <laughs> what is his name? Uh, Booger. He Booger. Goes by, he goes by. Uh, no, his, but his real name is Curtis Armstrong. Yes, Curtis whatever. Armstrong. Booger Armstrong. Booger. Whatever. Look, he doesn't get to not be Booger just because he was the white guy that helped Ray Charles, okay? He did really good in that movie. He did. Nobody ever answered the existential question. 
What was it? Who farted? Well. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> John Goodman is the coach. Nerds! You just got your asses whipped <laughs> by a bunch of goddamn nerds. <laughs> <laughs> They're selling pies with my pie in it. So yesterday on a three and a half hour ride to Cincinnati, I'm going to change the subject real quick. On a three and a half hour ride to Cincinnati yesterday, I enlightened three people who I've literally known for 20 years that Billy Bob Thornton is in Tombstone. I'm like, how did you get out of fucking high school without knowing this? Everybody fucking knows Billy Bob's first major role is. What the fuck? You You had to have known that. He plays that guy dealing Pharaoh. God damn it, Junior. What I tell you, get that goddamn cigar out of my face. It's been I'm going to tell you what, you double up on that ace, you son of a bitch. I'll blow you up at Bobcat's ass. <laughs> Something on your mind? Jesus either. Christ, you aggravating <laughs> sons of bitches. No, no. Jesus Christ, you nerve-wracking sons of bitches. Like I'm playing cards with my brother's kids. <laughs> Johnny I haven't Tyler. seen that movie in so long. The Mad Cat, Johnny Tyler. Johnny Tyler. Mad Cat. Doc, I didn't know you'd back in town. I know that Where are you going with that shotgun, Johnny? What? What, Herb? Yeah, leave that shotgun. Thank you. And it <laughs> fucking goes away. It's the last time you see him. One of the biggest Oscar snubs in history, by the way. Oh, yeah, definitely. Val Kilmer not getting even mm-hmm. a nod for playing the greatest fucking Doc Holliday. The, yeah, ever. the best Doc Holliday ever. Well, the, the one of the best Western characters ever. Yeah. I mean, he was just... He had it, you know. It's. What, I wanted tuberculosis. What, what, it looked, uh, looked kind of cool. The, the, there was a point when I was in my early twenties that every November, like I, th- I think I really had TB for a little bit. I would start coughing from like the whole month of November. Yeah, and it would be a really bad cough. And people went at, at work started calling me Doc, <laughs> and I just I thought it was the coolest shit ever. I was like, I never want to get better. <laughs> I always want to be this cool. <laughs> <laughs> No, so Hogan. Hogan? The, yeah, the Hulkster. The yeah. Hulkster. He's Another par- story he's, a, really he's apparently a racist. A I, here's the thing. I don't think anybody knows a lot about it. Because uh, the, the, the story broke late last night or early this morning that there's audio of Hulk Hogan dropping the N-bomb. I can't find the audio. I looked for it today. Here's the thing. I've seen three different sites. Uprocks is one of the three that post about having it. It's Uprocks, TMZ, and somebody else. Probably like BuzzFeed. And it's or, just or, him or on Fox News, right? Well, well, no, it's no, the only no. Video I can find. The, there's, there's Fox News even has standards, and you know they, they have to have an edit button. It's, it's just, it's just Hulk Hogan moving his mouth with beep for like twenty nine minutes. I never wanted to drop a belt to Rocky Johnson, brother. Rocky Johnson, The Rock's dad. That's why The Rock's half black, half Samoan. For those of you that don't watch wrestling out there, you, dad, f- you bastards. His dad was a beast. Yeah, his Rocky dad was Johnson a beast. was a fucking beast. Team with Tony Atlas. Anyway, um. <laughs> This, this is one that I heard, but he's on the radio. Well, Booker T used to do that to me on TV. You know, this what I heard. Every time I pull up, yeah, but this can't be it. If it is, it's bullshit. Booker T when his brother was there, and they're all talking trash. Booker T goes, "I'm coming for you, Hogan, you nigger." And, and, and not nigga, he goes nigger. I mean, it's like, and it's so, still so cool because the whole time I was down in Miami, yeah. you know, when I lived there, everybody, you know, like I walk in the booth and all of a sudden I bump into this guy in the games in the booth 
it's all black, and he's got his Blackberry. And I bump into him, and he goes, what's up, nigga? And I I said, oh, dude, excuse me, bro, you know? He goes, no, it's all cool, you know? And everybody down there, little Wayne Birdman, everybody, you know, they're all calling me nigga. And I'm like, and then I started saying it, you know, and I always said it, just, but now all of a sudden I get heat when I say it. And they say, oh, you can't say that. I said, well, why can't they say it to me then? It's like. You know, but that, brother, that's the audio right there that I, that people were talking about. They had heard. Yeah, is him explaining my career. I used to party real hard that it, that it happened, and he was he was saying, you know, hey, Booker T said this. Everybody has seen that fucking video. Yeah. Booker, even if you go watch wrestling, you fucking see yeah. that video. Um, and it's hilarious to watch it because, like you said, Dutch, as soon as he says it. Uh, mean Gene's interviewing. He turns to Stevie Ray, Booker T's tag team partner, and you can see Booker T cover his face like he's so <laughs> he's so regretful. As soon as he says, he's like, "Oh!" <laughs> but Hogan's just telling a story about hanging out with all these guys like that, and that's uh, what I know of it. Is today Snoop Dogg, uh, who was Snoop Dogg, and a couple other guys. Birdman was one of them. They've all come out in defense. They're like, "No, he's not." He's not saying it racial like that. He's he's just recounting a story. And like Snoop Dogg put a big long tweet out here. It's like, he's always going to be my dude. He's never been nothing but nice to me. Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone were the same yeah. way. It's like he's not. It's a, I think. Do you think it's a racial witch hunt that's going on right now? Absolutely. With, with the racism? Absolutely. I, that's the it impression is, that I get. It, it's nothing and. Have you ever been close to tragedy? I'm the guy over there dancing. The official Mighty Mighty Boston's dancer. Right. It's. It, I absolutely, I absolutely think it is, though, man. It's. Uh, and WWE, WWF, whatever you want to know it as, uh, they're a you know multi-billion-dollar corporation, and so they, along with anybody else, got to protect that brand. They, protect your brand, yeah. But I feel like they jumped the gun. Like, they just what, jumped right out. The, of they, it. they were just like, like nope. done. It's like the. If I see one post about it on Facebook or something, it's like, okay, this might be fake. I've got to see at least five before I really feel the story's broke and everybody's jumping on it. Like the Kirk Cameron thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything Kirk Cameron, actually. I have to see at least five posts to know no, Kirk Cameron's it, it, still alive. Were, are you aware that one of the people who came forward with the Bill Cosby allegations was Kirk Cameron? Yes. I don't so. think and, so, but it was only on one website. I saw it on TV too. I saw it on. Uh, you sure you saw it on TV? You sure it wasn't nothing? <laughs> Perhaps. You sure okay. it wasn't one of your weird fever dreams? <laughs> They're known to happen. I have not yet begun to defile myself. <laughs> Back to Tombstone. No, uh, I really think, yeah, I think it's jumping the gun, man. Um, uh, because. Right, it wasn't even picking up momentum. I was just seeing some posts of it and everything, and I flipped over, and he's already off everything on the network. He's out of the yeah. Hall of Fame. Uh, the the he's not even listed on the WWE.com championship list anymore as being the champion or winning back to back Royal See, Rumble. Isn't that it's all gone? That's fucking crazy. That, I yeah. mean, that's 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 extreme, it's, and that's that, that's ex- extreme. But it is a it's a prime example, and it's insane that the way to grasp it is with the man who carried professional wrestling for 15 years, they're literally, I don't care what anybody says, there is literally a group of people, it may be 1% of all people on the earth, but they are hell-bent, in the, hell-bent on rewriting what history was so you can't get offended by it. 
it's and I don't mean anything with the Confederate flag or gay rights or anything like that. Um, there's just there's a certain percentage of people that want anything that's been deemed bad right now to be stricken from the records. We can't talk about it. We can't acknowledge it. That's we can't do anything. Fucking horseshit. Yeah, are you saying I'm lying or they're no, lying? No, no, no. I'm saying, saying is, I will fight you. Well, and then we will fight in the pillow. And they'll it. strike that from the record. So <laughs> children, have, we've almost fought once before. I'm yes. not sure this pillow fort can <laughs> contain such masculinities here in the. I'm, I'm here in the solitude of the pillow fort. I'm lactating as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, is that is, is mm. that Bailey's? Yeah, yeah, that's what I lactate. It's weird. That's pretty. cool. I'm only like a quarter Irish too. That's, that's Doesn't pretty, even drink it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Mine's Sambuca. Ooh, because I'm festive. <laughs> Probably some Brazilian in your bloodline, then I'm guessing. Well, you know, if if by my, blood if by bloodline you mean butthole in prison, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's widow's tears. That's widow's <laughs> tears. <laughs> Those are the sweetest. I had soup made from orphan tears one time. I really did. In Detroit, right? No, because that's all they have left. No, they, they don't even have orphans up there. They just have tears. There's just like entities of tears walking around. I gotta go to work at GM. <laughs> we have a friend that straight up just moved there like two years ago. <laughs> we were like, "What the fuck are you doing, man? You live in Charleston, West Virginia. It's pretty sad. And you're going to move to that war zone." He fucking loves it. Yeah, he's a great time. Um, I the, think it's great being white anywhere, though, right? <laughs> Am I right? Hey, hey man, we hey. got it going on. Anyway, yeah. hey, it's great to be white anywhere except for the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did Louis C.K. Yeah, say, Louis C.K. That bill is coming due. He's like, "That's coming due." Like, I love Louis C.K. Talks about getting the time. Machine, he said, "You're a white, you're a white guy. You can't go into the future. You could go anywhere in the past you want to go. You go to the future, it's going to be rough. <laughs> go back to the year two. Oh, you're white. Table for two, right here. <laughs> go to the year twenty two hundred. Nah, your head's on a pike. That's a valid point, sir. Um, I would. Uh, you know, I'm a Detroit sports fan. Uh, I've been up there several times over the last probably ten, twelve years." And it's like one of those uh, zombie movies or whatever. There's a section of town that is like safe. It's by the ballparks, you know, and shit like that. Um, but something would tell me that if you're closer to Toledo, you can probably pick up property really cheap right now. Yeah, and, they, they were selling houses in Detroit for 500 bucks a couple years ago. Yeah. Well, I'm sure all three of you have seen the picture of the old Metro's train station, the very gothic, awesome-looking building that nothing's being done with. Uh, the state of Michigan finally picked it up, but uh, four years ago, it was on Craigslist. The city of Detroit put it on Craigslist, and they wanted $12,000 for it. It's a 19-story building. <laughs> what could we... Scrape together some if I could have, Let me tell you something If I could have loaned Against my 401k That would have been The start of Detroit Becoming a kingdom Because I'd have bought a castle I'm the king of transit I would literally I would literally Go into meetings In other big cities With like a vagabond suit But trying to act off Probably like Hello Andy Frampton King of Detroit <laughs> Be like Oh your majesty You're fucking right I imagine your uh, monarchy would be—you'd be, you'd be some, somewhat like Super, Super King from uh, 
from uh, Futurama. There, there would there would be a lot of times where I would say something along the lines of "The beatings will continue until morale improves." <laughs> <laughs> I'd have like a nine guy sector of just guards. They're just like mountains of men, and like they have armor made out of old car parts. <laughs> they're out scrounging for food and women. Like you know, there's an A and P right down the street. Silence. I would. Like Andamakan Sue would have been my gladiator. <laughs> I just kept him chained up and brought him out when like like I'd have brought him out when the Christians weren't being eaten by the lions. <laughs> Release the Sue <laughs> <laughs> He'd come out and just start stomping on everybody's legs. In, in Oppression your, In your Detroit Kingdom, do actual lions eat people or do the Detroit lions <laughs> eat people? Both. I love it. <laughs> I'm in. Let's, I'm on board. Yes. See, now I just need I need six more guys. That's all I need. <laughs> See can, how quick can I be a duke? You, you sure can. Awesome. Um, See, this is a thing. I know Earl. that I don't I don't know how many minorities listen to this, but uh, it's all minorities. Okay. Well, this is this is this is a word to your people. Um, white people organize pretty quick. I said I need nine guys. Three of them just popped right up. So. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to need a crew of nine guys. Three dudes in front of me are like, well, fuck, we're down. <laughs> How do you think the Vikings were able to get the shit together yeah. so quickly? That's what I like about uh, Christopher Titus had that in a bit one time. He was talking about white people apologizing. He said, right now, he said, all the white people in the room, he's like, repeat it to me. I'm white. I'm sorry. And all the white people in the room didn't. He said, no, anyone in the room who's not right, white, take note of how easily we just fucking organized. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm one guy with a microphone, and 200 other people were like, he's the king! <laughs> Alex Jones would call them sheeple. Sheeple. I hate that word. Yeah, that's been it gets, it gets really thrown around. about. I love yeah. it. Now, I have a, in, who, who's throwing it around most nowadays? Uh, everybody. Fucking! Uh, I'm the, sure the, that the sheeple are calling people sheeple. I'm like you're, <laughs> like you you don't fucking get it, man. I said it one time. Uh, I used to be on another podcast. Uh, not saying that I'm permanently on this one. It wasn't those um, bastards in the blanket for it, was it? No, no sons of no, bitches, no motherfuckers. No. I couldn't. I didn't smell blanket on him when he came in. So. Yeah, neither, neither I mean, did, uh, neither do those dogs. Mackie so. and Baxter did not attack him on sight. Yeah. Right, but uh, the, um. Three of the people on the podcast would like, oh, they're the sheeple, all blah, blah, all this and everything. And finally, I had gotten so tired of hearing that word that I said, you know what? Everybody in the fucking planet's a sheep. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of how big your flock is. That's fair. So you're saying you want to start a cult? Um, I've been told over the last year that uh, if anyone if if anyone else would have learned to handle their bitterness with such grace, that their charm would have turned them into a cult leader. And I take that as a compliment. I feel like sometimes I'm equal part Bray Wyatt and, Br- and Boyd Crowder. And uh, I, w- I want one day for my silver tongue devil, his charm, to uh, lead me to the land of milk and honey. I want to stand on an apocalyptic graveyard, junkyard, with long hair and a flowing beard screaming, I can show you the way. Which one's that? Me. Oh, okay. That's, That's beautiful. That, that is beautiful. Yeah. That's just me. That's me taking all that and twisting into one thing I want to be when I grow up. Is it wrong that I just put... I'm so in. See? See, look at this. It doesn't take anything. White people just follow me. No, I think Dutch is in, like, personally. He's... Oh, this is a relationship now. That's that's fine. <laughs> Literally bringing the pillow blanket fork together, because I'm going to get... What? Oh, I'm oh, going... Oh, 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 o
What chill. a turn of events. Chill, chill. Hey. I'm going to go infiltrate the blanket fort. How do we know that you haven't inf- that we, you haven't infiltrated us? Trust me. I told you guys he was a scoundrel. <laughs> I'm going to infiltrate the blanket fort. Not unlike Scar did the pride in the Lion King. Bring you in like the hyenas, and it's all the wildebeest we can eat. <laughs> yeah, and we saw how that turned out. I'm not going to die in a fire, all right? <laughs> tonight. T- tomorrow is a whole new ball game. Yeah, we got plans tonight. Yeah. Big plans. But to answer the question, Carlin is my biggest influence. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to say um, Carlos Mencia, Dane Cook, Jeff Dunham, uh, people like that. Um, I like those guys <laughs> as an example of who not to be. <laughs> um, what? Don't, don't, Je- don't know them as people. Don't give a shit about them. Um, Jeff Dunham mainly because his act doesn't work if there's not a puppet there. It's just him <laughs> saying things and waiting for a response. It's okay if I say this really racist, offensive thing through. A, through yeah, a have you as, noticed that? As like long the, as the the, the the Muslim character, the uh, you know, talk about. I'm the, sorry, but the it, Muslim character is nothing compared to the tiny black pimp he brings yeah. out. <laughs> what? Sweet Daddy D. And oh that's my what he God, really? Does. And yeah. his stereotypical portrayal of old people with Walter really offends me. <laughs> it's. <laughs> He's, have you noticed that Walter kind of looks like a very aged uh, Robert De Niro? Yeah. He looks like Bill Stewart a little bit. Um, Heard some things. Pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty good. You motherfucker! <laughs> Anybody see when... Uh... Is that after you stabbed him with a pen? <laughs> Those Pesci doing the stomp. Yeah. No, did anybody see the... Uh... Who was it? Jim Brewer did the Joe Pesci show. Oh, yeah. Did you see when he had... It was Colin Quinn being Robert De Niro. And John... And... No, no... Uh... Deborah Winger. No, uh, are you you talking about when I watched Urban Cowboy the other day? Are are you talking about when De Niro and Pesci showed up? Yeah, they came on. Yeah, my friend Robert De Niro over here. He's like, I've heard things. 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 (laughs) He was just doing. (laughs) You know what that shows? They're awesome. They get it. Well, that's uh, they're they're in the same category as as guys like uh, Christopher Walken. The the, they get the Royale. Is that by the way? That's a spot on Christopher Walken impression. He just. Did you guys want to catch that? It's really good. It's just not where the dun 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 comes in again. Okay. Oh no no. Um, anyway, uh, those are perfectly timed, as you've noticed. I, I have noticed. <laughs> I have noticed. Um, now Walken is a prime example of <laughs> perfect execution. Exactly. What excellence? Walken, Walken is a perfect example of you can be revered by people and put in roles. And be a great actor, because he really is. Yeah. But you can be confident enough in yourself to make complete fucking fun of yourself and still come out looking like, ah, I thought of all this. <laughs> this is Smelling like me. a rose after being in something like, uh, what was one with ping pong in it? Uh, uh, Balls of Fury. Balls of that, Fury. That was movie a fun was fucking movie. I, awesome. I enjoyed I loved movie. it. That I loved it. it. But it was terrible. You know, I mean, it's, it's oh, meant I, to I, be I've terrible. Got, I've got to get out of here. It's, that was fucking horrible. <laughs> 
Okay, let, let's let, let's. Go I enjoyed ahead. it. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna burp right in the microphone. Let's go ahead and light this fucking candle. I'm gonna run down a list of movies that I think are god awful, and if you don't agree, then fuck you. Um. <laughs> like, uh, Rub one out. I, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> um, hey, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, rub one out is a good one. Uh, I didn't realize Chuck was in it until the deleted scenes. But um, the, this is the end. Fucking terrible. I love that movie. Uh, I love you, man. Fucking terrible. I like that movie. Uh, it's these. These are literally fucking sheeple movies. Dutch, stop going to fucking see them. Okay. No, it. the first forty-five minutes of this is the end was fucking great. Downloaded them illegally. No, the first forty-five minutes is great because the asshole celebrities getting murdered. No, they're like I'm on board with anything Danny McBride's. Yeah, in. I think the uh, yeah. the jerk off and jizz on anything argument for five <laughs> minutes was the best thing ever. That, that, I think Michael Sarah acting like a cokehead slapping Sarah Rihanna's was ass was that's, worth the price yeah, of a That's the thing with this is the end. Craig Robinson and Danny McBride. I was like, okay, you guys did, and everybody else just phoned it in. I'm Team Craig Robinson. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like I'm not even kidding great. when I say this. If I met Jonah Hill, <laughs> I would put him in the camel clutch in the middle of Hollywood. Well, that's I, that's just you're an anti-Semite because the camel clutch is the Iron Sheik's move, and he's Iranian, and they hate Jews. Jonah Hill's a Jew, anti-Semite. <laughs> Racism done. done. I'm blogging about this Racism. right now. Racism. It's like that old family guy. Terrorism. <laughs> what's Gule? What's the, what's the one? How to know if you have a gay? They go to inject him with like a fucking flu vaccine, and acid comes out. Like if he bleeds acid, you've got yourself a gay. Hey, what's it? I want to make a 19, 1930s phone call. <laughs> What were the name of the towns? L- Lunkerville was one. <laughs> What's the big idea, Bill? Yeah. Fooeyberg. Yeah, Fooeyberg. <laughs> I loved Fooeyberg. <laughs> Whites put all kind of towns on the rail, on the rail. Monorail. Monorail. <laughs> <laughs> the lid came off my pudding can. Use my pen knife, my good man. <laughs> what about a spray dead slobs? You'll be getting cushy jobs. Is there a chance the track could bend? Not a chance, my hidden new friend. <laughs> Oh, Phil Hartman, we miss you. Yeah, we did. Desperately, actually. You know Conan O'Brien wrote that episode? Yeah, he was yeah. He was like, that season, he was like, he wrote a bunch of them. And Con- you know he was Conan, in on that. Dude, Conan's brilliant. C- Conan Fucking was brilliant. Like, I didn't know until after, you know, I started watching Conan's late night show pretty religiously. Pretty instrumental in my childhood. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah I was like, wow, Saturday Night Live and The Simpsons. I never fucking knew you were doing this, dude. Are you guys Seinfeld fans? I like Seinfeld. Okay. I like the show. I like him. Um, did you ever see the episode where George freaks out on his boss, quits, calls him an idiot, and then walks out? No. Okay. He does this, and then he's sitting around the house talking to Jerry, and he's like, Jerry, um, what if I just go back? He's like, <laughs> after everything you did? He said, yeah, what if I pretend it never happened? Worth a shot. So he goes in, pretends it never happened. Apparently, this is something that really happened. Larry <laughs> David wrote for Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Hated Lorne Michaels. Right. Went into his office, called him an idiot, said he didn't know what the fuck he was doing, basically cussed him out, and then tried to go back to work the next day. That's awesome. That is so Larry David. And Lorne Michaels probably should have went, uh, Larry, uh, you can't really be here anymore. <laughs> uh, we've got a show to do. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know if that's a good Lorne Michaels impression. It is. But I'm hoping that Trust it is. me, it is. It's, it's great. Good, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh, Lorne Michaels is part Dr. Evil, part Lumberg. Right? <laughs> that's actually, yeah. How did a guy like that become such an instrumental part of such a great show? I mean, did he just... And Kids in the Hall, too. He's behind Kids in the Hall. Um, yeah. if, if you watch... Uh, I forget what it's called now. Um, it's a documentary about kids in the hallway and Saturday Night Live. There's a lot of accusations that Lauren was just in the right place at the right time and saw people who like wrote like with it's. I don't want to say a fan theory, but in the documentary thing I watched, it's like just an unsaid notion that uh, he pretty much just got those five together and let them run wild. But then every time the like actual production company came to him. It was like, oh yeah, I'm in charge. I'm doing all this. Yeah. And that, because they trusted him because of Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, Saturday Night Live's been on the air for like, at that point, what was it? Like 15, 15 12, 15 years, right yeah. in there somewhere. <laughs> um, they're like, okay, he's he's doing okay with this. Yeah, we'll just, this isn't as big a budget as SNL. We'll let him do this. And he was like, oh yeah, I'm in charge of all of it. Kiss and the then, Hall is vastly superior yeah. to SNL. In, I love, my, in my opinion. I, I love Kids in the Hall. I watched it religiously when they rebroadcast it on Comedy Central in the early Oh, 2000s. yeah, that was when yeah. I watched it. When and I then, then they would do Saturday Night Live right after. I, I watched it, like, I can remember watching Kids in the Hall when I didn't understand the jokes and yeah. still laughing at it. I did, too. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite ones was when uh, the police saw felons in the diner, <laughs> and they go through this race. And like they're, their sandwiches. they're sitting across from each other, and they're, like, just wolfing their fucking food down. And they get up to pay, and the, the the criminals get out first, and the cop's like, keep it! And he runs out, and they jump in the squad car and go, and then they both stop at a gas station and fill up. <laughs> and then they start chasing each other down the road, and finally, like, they slam on the brakes, and the, the bad guys get out there like, ha! Ah! And they start flipping them off, and this one cop goes, well... It's the feds deal now, and it pans up, and there's this big white line across the road that just says the border. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part of that bit was when Mark McKinney, it just shows his hands. It shows his burger, and he takes the top off. Damn! And he has to take the tomatoes and lettuce off. He has to take all of it off, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but my favorite bit, and it's not even a famous bit, is a Kevin, Kevin McDonald is always my favorite. It's one where his kid... Is sitting there, and it's you can tell it was filmed in a house or something. I, I like the bits that were filmed seemingly on location, you know. They were, right. and he's just like, uh, he's like, gonna have some cornflakes, yeah, gonna have some cornflakes, can't have cornflakes without a whole lot of milk. <laughs> and, and he keeps, Your mother's cheated on me, your mother's cheated on yeah. me. He just keeps repeating, This My kid's fu- just sitting there looking at him, <laughs> doing okay, gonna My- go. <laughs> my my favorite Kevin McDonald is uh, during this big like weekend business meeting, and his contacts are bothering him. Oh God! <laughs> and he he's like, "Oh my God, can't, can't, can't see." And it's, 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 uh, uh, what did my mother tell me about eye health? It's like never put salt in your eyes. Never put. And then it's like always put salt in your eyes. And so he doesn't. And he does it like two days in a row. And then Scott Thompson is like the supervisor. He's like, he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, Barry, I'm killing my eyes. He's like, Howard, why would you put salt? He's like, never put salt in your eyes, Howard. 
goes off the next day and I have to get it. He's like, what did I learn yesterday? He's like, <laughs> I can't even do it. He's like, Barry, I'm killing my eyes. Barry, I'm killing Kill Barry. <laughs> and he just shows him running through the hall with a steak knife. My favorite's The Eradicator. That is a fun yeah. That's season one, I think. I'm pretty sure that's season one. The Eradicator! <laughs> I think my mighty scream was off. No, I'm sure it was your serve. Yeah. Well, you can unmask me if you want. No, I'm okay. Yeah. It's your right. <laughs> when, 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 he, when he's the flying pig, I love that. Hey, hey, hey. Hee, hee, hee. I'm here to make waiting in line, not as a... Not as Whatever the fuck he's saying, he shows shows it life. One of life's many lineups. Yeah, he's just like that. Was it was such a you know Saturday Night Live is a very American show. Like they go for and a lot of times the obvious laugh. Yeah, Um, and that's fine. I mean, it's worked out wonderfully. I mean, they've gotten so many good. But I like the the sketches even for them. They're a little bit more off kilter. My favorite was. Phil Hartman, unfrozen caveman lawyer. I fucking right. love that. Skit. I'm but a simple caveman. I don't understand your giant flying machine, but I know I need another rum and coke. <laughs> so you're drunk. <laughs> I'll see your old crappy airline. I'm just kidding. You're a great crew. <laughs> Do you remember the? Excuse me, the Hurley boy. That one was strange. Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I remember. Can I watch your? Can I be your dog? Let the boy meet your dog. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. I like it halfway through, uh, Farley stops and says, I, Adam, I don't know what we're going through here for here. He's, and they keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Farley, I, you know, that whole era of the show, like, uh, we're, we're going to do Saturday Live two weeks in a row now. We've discussed it. I'll talk about it every day. Yeah, me here. too. I love okay. it. I'm just saying, you know, we can edit. Even it's okay. Here in a little while, I'm going to turn us to pro wrestling, so it's okay. Well, that's good too. I mean, yeah. as long as Elaine is not here, she's uh, she's still making sandwiches. Yeah, ham on mine. There's like a stack of 67 sandwiches over there. Okay. Um, Should have said 69. It's a better number. <laughs> Don't no, no no. Who the fuck eats Miracle Whip? No mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Who the fuck eats Helmets? <laughs> okay. Um, no, the the original cast was had their moments. They were great, you know. Like you had right. uh, Gilda Radner, and well, know. the original cast was just shooting from the hip. They could do whatever the hell they wanted. Well, they didn't think they were going to last. I yeah, mean, it was like we don't give a fuck. This the, is, we got on they, TV. This is they thought for us, they were going know? the same right as SCTV. Yeah, no, they thought uh, they were going to get four seasons and just go down the shitter. Yeah, but then, dude, it went through. Uh, there were some dark periods that show went through when they, the, the the cast were awful. Have the you watched it now? Bad. Is it, are they going through another one of those yeah, now? There's, there's, the, the, there's a few things that I like. They're coming out of it, but like that, you can tell they've just come out of one to where it's like, man, y'all had fucking nothing a year ago. Yeah. Well, right before, correct me if I'm wrong. Right before they got Will Ferrell, and you know, even Chris Kattan and guys like that, um, they went through a a period where a bunch of people had left. Like Myers well, yeah. left. Well, yeah, and, they, they had know. like a year, and they had like a year, maybe two years, where like Nora Dunn was the biggest name on the show. Yeah, yeah. I like and, Nora and Dunn. I like, no, I like Nora Dunn, but she but doesn't she, carry the yeah, show. Yeah, she, she's she's a supporting character. She's not she's not a strong enough voice or presence to carry that kind of show, man. She's a good bit player. She yeah. was she was like uh, you know no 
I'll, I'll take that. Kevin Nealon, he had a lot of good bits on the show. His week, like we talked about, his weekend update. Was I was going to say Kevin and Nealon was weekend update, and then he was he was always just like the guy. In Mr. A, Subliminal was a good Mr. Sketch. Subliminal and um, the Tarzan. Two, well, the, the the two times they did uh, Mr. No Death Perception. <laughs> Like I, I thought that had a lot of legs under it. I don't know why they didn't go further with it. You got Hans and Franz, dude. That was great. But look, that that was Dana Carvey's idea, though. And it just so happened him and Neilan were friends, and they were like, "Well, fuck yeah, we'll just stick you in there." Was Dana Carvey ever better than when he was? He got to be Ross Perot and George Bush at the same time. Dude, that was no. awesome. Dana Carvey as Ross Perot, the best thing he's ever done is where he's on Larry King. I think. I think Norm Macdonald is Larry King. <laughs> of course. But uh, it's either Norm Macdonald or Kevin Nealon. And they're doing a debate. And Ross Perot just decides that he's won the debate already. So he's just going to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he lays his head down on the desk. Puts a nightcap on. Lays his head down. And he talks in his sleep. And in the middle of uh, Bill Clinton trying to say something, Ross Perot just goes, Porcupine, porcupine, you will not marry my daughter. <laughs> and Larry King goes, Ross Perot apparently arguing with a porcupine over whether or not Dick can have his daughter's hand in marriage. Now, I, no, I have to, I'm going to slightly disagree. I think that one of Dana Carvey's best bits, in, in my opinion, is best bit. Uneven sideburn man. No. Oh, okay. Massive the, head wound Harry. Massive head wound Harry. He's smelling my dog. That was so fucking gross. She's chopping broccoli. <laughs> yeah, Derek. Chopping broccoli. Derek Smalls. That was his audition. Yeah, he did that when he auditioned on She's chopping broccoli. No, um, I liked the McLaughlin group. I thought that was... <laughs> there was one, yeah. one of the, his best, one of the best ones of that was, how do we start the show? Live from New York on Saturday night. Wrong! And then the band had started, and he's like, wrong! Over his shoulder. Like, because they weren't in on the joke. They right. didn't, you know, they didn't, what, but they stopped playing. And they were, what, what, one of my favorite ones is he's in there and he goes, uh, he's like, issue number four, what will issue number 11 be? <laughs> and he, he goes around or whatever, and nobody can answer it right. And he turns around, he's like, issue number five, what did you have for breakfast this morning? And he looks over and he says, he says something. John Goodman's playing the Bacon and eggs. Somebody's playing... Uh, Pat Buchanan. Pat, Pat, Patty, 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 Yeah, Kevin Nealon's playing... Hell all. Do you guys think you'll swell it <laughs> yeah, all? He goes, Patty, Patty, Buke, Buke. He's like, what I had was toasted. Wrong! You all had special K with banana. Have <laughs> 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 you ever watched the show? Yeah. It's just like this. <laughs> and uh, Jack, whatever, that John Goodman was playing... At one point, Goodman just like it, and I found out later when I watched the forty year anniversary, Goodman was talking about it in the uh, extra scenes on the DVD part. Um, it went way longer than it was supposed to, so Goodman was out of lines. Yeah, so he, you can watch him. He literally just tunes out. He's like just fucking phoning it in by the end. And Goodman's like, I didn't give a shit anymore. He's like, I knew we were going to go to a new bit. Yeah. So he's just like, I'm out of here, John. And he goes, Wrong! You can't leave. The doors are all locked from the outside. <laughs> He's like, Harvey wouldn't let it go. Like, he just kept going. But I love it when shit like that happens. The, it's like the, it's... the best the best McLaughlin group ever, though, is when they did the Japanese parody of it. <laughs> you never no, seen that? No, I never saw that. Instead of saying, like, it's, it's them, but they're all Japanese businessmen. And it's him, Phil Hartman, Mike Myers... Uh, oh God! Somebody I have to else. see this. And they go, and and I can't remember what it is, but uh, at one point, they and instead of like wrong, 
they just keep saying that it's they're talking about American stuff and saying that it's really lazy. But they're going, it's a really, really lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, fucking racist. They, yeah, and he, he goes, uh, issue number four. Garth Brooks, a new album. Popular or completely lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and like, you know, Pat Buchanan, he's like, Again, <laughs> he pours over and fucking Phil Hartman's like, a first album, very, very good. Next album, uh, third album, really, really lazy. Like that's that's what it is. It was that was the best one they've ever done, man. <laughs> I think with a, speaking of Japanese, but fucking <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. How about with the McLaughlin group? They did that, but it was Phil Hartman being Frank Sinatra, <laughs> the Sinatra group. Oh God, and. Uh, Sinead O'Connor, Sinead O'Connor, uh, and uh, Mike Chris Myers. Rock was uh, Luther Campbell. Yeah, Mike Myers was like uh, Donnie Osmond or somebody. But then Billy Idol was on there. Billy Idol, Sting was playing Billy Idol. I, th- I thought Billy Idol was playing Sting. No, no, no. It was Sting playing Billy Idol. Okay, it's been forever since I saw it. Yeah. No, and the funniest part about it was uh, <laughs> no, Mike Myers and Victoria Jackson were playing Steve and Edie. Yeah. And they're just, you know, shills for fucking Sinatra. Yeah. Whatever you, you say, Frank. Champ. You know, whatever you say, Frank. <laughs> Steve, kick his ass. So he gets up, and Mike <laughs> Myers can fake getting hit better than anybody ever. Wham! He looked like he really got hit, and fucking Sting is just wearing his ass out. How about when, how about when Mike Myers... And uh, fucking Mick Jagger were Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Yeah, Mick Jagger Mick was, Jagger was playing Keith, Keith Richards. Richards. Oh, God. No, Mick, what? you ignorant slut. <laughs> One of the best ones, though, Gabriel Byrne playing Mick Jagger, having his, no, playing Keith Richards having a cooking show. And they showed, like, the food, and he put a cigarette out it. <laughs> He's like, you get the chuck, right? He's <laughs> Now imagine Gabriel Iglesias playing Keith Richards. I don't want to imagine show. Gabriel Iglesias doing anything. Boo, hiss. Well, let's, that's, uh, that's let's, talk, let's, let's talk about Fluffy for a second. Is he a good comedian? I feel he's a good... In your opinion. Because you're a professional. So. I'm not a professional. You get paid for it. No, no I don't... I, you are not a professional until you can make a living solely off comedy. Fair enough. I am not a professional comedian. I am striving to be one. That nothing would make me happier than to make my living off standing in front of a room full of strangers and basically jerking on my dick metaphorically. <laughs> Look how great I am. You're paying to see me talking to a microphone. That's what comedy is. It really is. Listen to how funny I am, you faggots. <laughs> so many separate blogs are going to be written about us this week. We're going to go viral. That, that, that girl's Twitter feed is blowing up right now. Just like, he said it again. <laughs> like her fucking racism sense is just going off right now. Gay, is, gay isn't a race. Fuck we need off. to tweet her this uh, podcast. Yes, we fucking do. We I, will. Really do. Yeah. I will. I um, will. At the end of the show, I'll give shout-outs to everybody who's let me on uh, their shows so they can be shunned by the fallout of me being on this show. (laughs) He's a fucking faggot. (laughs) (laughs) Dutch is slowly... We've discussed this in the past episode. Dutch Dutch is slowly replacing us with the soundboard. Right. He will be doing this... Um, Curse you, Dutch! (laughs) But like Gabriel Iglesias, um, he is a good comedian. Because he worked his way up through L.A., he but got, that's a niche market, isn't it? It's it's not it's not a niche market when the market is flooded with Latino audience members and you're a Latino comedian. That's like saying, "Well, I can't believe that Andy Frampton goes in good with white people." It's like, "Oh yeah, yeah it's okay. a mystery I, to I, me I, too, I, you <laughs> asshole." 
That's fair. I get hey, it. I listen to all these jokes about single parent households and good credit. Fucking. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> or I'm, I'm sorry, households with both parents and good credit. <laughs> but he, uh, he he performed at the comedy store and stuff back in the day, and that's not yeah. a, that's known he, to be a real he tough cu- house. To- he cut he cut his teeth in the. Like, he came in at the end of the early 90s comedy boom, okay? Guys like him and Ralphie May. I don't like Ralphie May either. I I love Ralphie May. I like Ralphie Ralphie May. Didn't care for his last special. Mm, I like Ralphie May because uh, I met Ralphie May when I was down in uh, Georgia a few years ago for a weekend. He was doing a show. I didn't get to see it, but I happened to go through and was at the bar, and I talked to him for like an hour. Really nice guy. Okay. I'll take it back then. Yeah, I don't know. R- really nice guy. Answered every question I had about comedy. Like, just sat there and talked to me like an equal. That's awesome. I was like, that's okay. cool of you, dude. Then like, if you if you say that, because... Right. There, there's a lot of people, though, that know him better than me that hate him. So... Really? You know, it, like Anthony from Opie and Anthony. Oh, my God, he hates him. Yeah, he does. Like, really? he, he goes on 20-minute rants about it. But he sort of hates everybody, though. Yeah, that's why I don't want to be that guy. See, that's what I'm trying to steer away from. I don't want to be that guy. Well, not you're, you're definitely not doing a terrible you, you, job at that. Yeah, you're <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't done a racist Twitter storm late at night. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not, not at all. But like Gabriel Iglesias, like I say, he cut his teeth along at, at the end of that. Uh, and then he stayed afloat and stayed popular when comedy delved down into cesspool is not a good word for it. But like lowest common denominator. Bullshit. Not even lowest common denominator, but a lot of comics that were just. Just fucking venom, man. Like Doug Stanhope. I love Doug Stanhope. I, I love Doug Stanhope. But th- there's never. Bill Burr and Doug Stanhope now are the same genre of comedy. They, ins- th- they insult everything you know, but they do it by talking about how they had to go through it. The flip side of that is Doug Stanhope has been Venom his whole career. Yes, he's Bill Burr done. used to be borderline cookie cutter stuff. Bill Burr had a joke about how when he was a kid, the Brady Bunch had an episode about Greg getting his hair dyed orange. It was like, I promise tomorrow and I've got orange hair. He was like, <laughs> and I was a ginger kid and I was like, what the fuck's wrong with that? Yeah, I wouldn't have laughed at that. Yeah. Uh, comics but he's come, my favorite comedian now. Comics come home Cam Neely and Dennis Leary used to do it He was Billy Burr Okay Bill Burr is a completely different beast From what Billy Burr was in the late 90s But I'm <laughs> But that, that's what I'm saying though C- Comedy went through a point To where it, it just It just became Like Just hate filled people Hating everything And just cussing And dr- getting pissed drunk on stage you know, and chain smoking and all this, and then, and then shit like Kings well, fair, of Comedy came along. Fair enough, but that includes people who are truly brilliant, like uh, Bill Hicks. I'm not. No, no. What I'm saying is Gabriel Iglesias came through, and he's never been Venom. He's always no, he's always been nice. the cheery fat yeah, guy. Okay, so that's to his credit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Um, Gabriel Iglesias' problem is he fell in with what a lot of comics do: Nick Swartz and Nick Kroll. Anthony Jeselnik, who I never thought was funny for the record. I don't think Anthony Jeselnik's funny, but uh, yeah, it's my taste. Um, I like him a lot. I I just the, the the funniest thing I've ever heard said about Anthony Jeselnik was at one of the roasts, and Seth MacFarlane said, "You know his name from me just now saying it," <laughs> and that was the funniest thing I've ever heard about him. But uh, and no offense to him, like I say, I just he just doesn't appeal to me. 
Um, Everybody has their taste. Yeah, you know. But Comedy Central runs out and latches on. Amy Schumer's doing it right now. She's awesome, though. She's awesome right now. Think about how awesome we thought Dave Chappelle was. He is awesome. But then Comedy Central gave him a show and pushed him and pushed him and pushed him, and then it just became a watered-down version of what he was. It's And that's why I walked away. And right. That's, he walked away, and now we don't I've have... I've never really looked at it that way. And now we don't have Dave Chappelle anymore. Well, he like, does. He he he'll go to the comedy store and block out three hours and do three hours of yeah, stand up. But, but like, he's not recording any of it. It's not making yeah. it. Right. Have, have you have you ever seen uh, the episode of Chappelle's show where they talk about what if uh, like where he 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 married Oprah or whatever, and uh, he comes in the office like he quits. Yeah. And he he looks to post and he says, "Still Dave, still dangerous." He's like, "I didn't authorize this." He's like, "Who did this?" And he threw it like that was a real jab at Comedy Central. He's like, yep. "I." He's like, "I never." I never wanted you to present me as like, oh, he's dangerous because he's a black guy. He's like, why are you trying to scare your white audience into watching me? Well, and but that's what they do with the hot comic. Yeah, they always Nick Swartzen, uh, Nick Kroll, Anthony Jeselnik. Nick Kroll is a dude. I never thought I'd like him, and then I sat down and watched his show. It's fucking funny. Well, the, I think he guys... walked away from his show at the right. Oh, time. Oh, did he? He quit. Oh no! Yeah, his yeah, last he, season he... was his last season. Yeah. Oh, okay. He decided just to do three, <clears throat> but uh. You know, the Jeselnik offense have got one season, you know, um, fucking uh, Gabriel Iglesias got a, he got a stand-up show that highlighted Latino comics, but then they did bits in between, and th- they got rid of that. And those weren't good, but he did have Joey Coco Diaz on. Yeah. But th- they just go in and they grab whoever's I don't remember hot. this show. Yeah, th- they grab whoever's hot at the moment, they chomp onto them, you know, they get their fucking teeth in them. And like a pit bull, they just shake them until all the fucking marketable funny goes away. And they spit them out and they go get another one. And the, on, the only person who I've seen avoid it is because somehow he leaped over to comedy, from Comedy Central and went to movies is Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart is still white fucking hot four years later. Yeah. I don't understand how he is still. Like, I don't Fucking somebody somewhere promotes him correctly. I, I don't. I've said this before and I'm, again, trying to dial back. I've been made aware that I'm a very hateful person. You are. <laughs> but I'm trying to Seething dial Seething with rage, I'd say. <laughs> but I'm trying to dial it back. I don't like his brand of comedy. I don't, See, I, I, think, I don't like it. I don't think it's funny. I don't think that makes him bad. It's just, in my opinion, I don't like I it. I like so. Kevin Hart's brand of comedy because Kevin Hart is a comedian who knows what works for him and he exploits it. And A, th- this is a perfect moment for me to take this to professional wrestling because I had this yesterday. Uh, in Cincinnati, uh, for everybody who's listening and doesn't know, which would be anybody who's fucking listening. Uh, yesterday, I was in Cincinnati for the Laugh It Up comedy contest where uh, budding and upcoming comedians go out and we each get five minutes apiece. Say budding again. Budding. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we're going to start singing old Baptist songs. And by Baptist, I mean Southern. And by Southern, I mean slave. Wait <laughs> in the water. Yeah. Is, is that a, is that a Mark Bruzo reference? Maybe I don't know. I, th- I think <laughs> that is. That's a that's a Take Me Home song. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I was out in Cincinnati at uh, the Indulge Lounge over there. Shout out to those folks, uh, Maria Cavallero and her crew. Uh, 
a lot of awesome comics have been there. I've been there a couple times. You go out, you do five minutes. Uh, you do your five best minutes. It's not an open mic. You know, people who have been polishing their act go out there and try it. And the crowd is given ballots. You circle up to three comedians you think are good. And uh, they tell you the votes. Whoever wins gets a cash prize and gets to come back next time and be the headliner, which who does 10 to 15 minutes while they tally the votes to see who wins that month's episode or whatever. And I won last night. Uh, I beat out. Thank you. That's completely unnecessary. Uh, I beat out 17 other comedians uh, with a stick. I was getting ready to say, (laughs) this makes me feel like that you were locked into. I want to think that you were locked in a room with it somewhere and said, fight it out. um, I was there two months ago. And I met uh, a lot of, like, I'm on a couple of different comedian groups in Kentucky and Ohio around through here on Facebook, you know, just for networking, which is what Facebook is fucking intended for, by the way. Shout out to Facebook. Yeah, shout out to Facebook. Hashtag Facebook. Today's episode of Pillow Fort Radio is brought to you by Facebook. Want to share a racist article? Go to Facebook. Want to share a stupid recipe? Go to Facebook. Want to show your tits almost all the way? Go to Facebook. <laughs> Facebook.com. Thank you. Budding. <laughs> mm. Um <laughs> but now I met, <laughs> I, I, I met met a met a bunch of people that I was in the groups with in person out there, you know. Uh, Josh Kaufman from Lexington got me to go down there, a good friend of mine. Uh I didn't didn't even place the first time I went out there. I I thought I did really well. Come off the stage, they're like, "We need your booking information." You know, you're you're pretty good. So I think that's got promise to it. I'll wait a month or two, go back out there, win it this time. The first time I went, I was all about schmoozing. I was like, "I gotta meet these comedians. I gotta, I gotta be friends with them." So I get in the little, you know, roped off area for the performers, shaking hands, doing all that bullshit. Um. Got there last night, and none of the comics from the show I was on the first time were out there, so I knew nobody. Fantastic. So I, just, I just sat over in the corner by myself and didn't like, I didn't talk to anybody before the show started. And I was ninth out of 17. Eight comedians went up and got decent, decent, you know, reactions. This dude goes and calls me, yeah, all by myself. <laughs> This dude calls my name out, and uh, my friends that were sitting in the audience said it was literally like the glass broke for Steve Austin. <laughs> and it was just like, you guys are in here fighting it out like you got a fair chance. Not anymore. <laughs> you can give your soul to the Lord, but your ass belongs to Andy Frampton. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I just started dishing out stunners in the middle of a comedy club. <laughs> but no, awesome people out there. Morgan Landis and Rob Wilfong and a bunch of other guys out there. Uh, awesome people. But uh, after the show was over and I won and got my fucking money, because um, that's why I'm in comedy, if you don't know that, money. Bitch better have my money. That's right. It's not because he likes fucking traveling. Hell no. Uh, fucking money and all them panties that get thrown on the stage. Woo! You'd, you would, you'd be amazed at how hot and bothered the Warmers get for a guy that tells fucking jokes and looks like a white trash Viking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Afterwards, somebody said to me, said, uh, you were leaps and bounds above what you were the last time you were here. You were, you were really good. You were really polished and all that and everything. And I was one of the other comics. And uh, he says, he says I, I've only been in it three months. So I really want to get to the point where you are. And I've been in it four years. And it feels like I just started yesterday. But uh, 
I told him, I was like, man, you know, the first little bit, everybody goes through it. it. It don't mean shit. I was like, I'm still at a point where it doesn't mean shit what I do. And he looks at me and he goes, what, how, do, how do I get better? And I look at him dead in the face. I'm like, do you watch wrestling? And he's like, no. He's like, Start watching wrestling. That's a good one. Everything you do in entertainment can be related to wrestling because the whole way for a wrestler to get people to want to see him, buy tickets to see him, give him a show. Your gimmick has to be better than everybody else's. And love you or hate you. That's what I do when I go on stage. I give them a show, regardless of what fucking mood I'm in. I literally force people, like, I want to see him again. I want to see what, I want to hear what he'll say next time. Like, and that's, and that got kicked in my fucking head really early when I started this. I was like, I got to, even if they fucking hate what I say. Have you ever bombed? Oh, yeah, I've bombed horribly. Take a guess what audience I've bombed in you have front to. of first. Um, I'm going to guess Huntington. Um, Huntington? I was going to guess probably a black audience. <laughs> uh, last last night, the audience was about 90% black, and they loved me. Did you wear the the, uh, the KKK robe? Whenever? Literally wearing what I'm sitting here in right now. <laughs> wearing the KKK robe? Yep. Then. Hmm. Wow. Beard all braided up. <laughs> Rebel flag spray painted on my mohawk. Rat tail with a swastika <laughs> braid in the back of it. A set of truck nuts hanging off your actual nuts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Go in there with my booty hunter hat on. <laughs> Talk about, I got to get out of here. Got to get to church fast. God is gooder in hell. <laughs> no, uh, the first audience I ever bombed in front of was a bunch of hipster kids. Oh, well, Jesus. of course. Uh, out in Virginia Beach. Oh, God. And I lost my mind. Like, I'd never bombed that bad before. But my hatred of hipster kids made it to where it's like, it's not me, it's you! <laughs> And that's the word I hate when comedians do that But I just I couldn't hold it in Sometimes it's but, warranted Well yeah But the best comedians Sometimes lose their shit Like uh, we went and saw Lewis Black mm-hmm. And he told a joke And he got kind of mad When people laughed He's yeah. like fuck you That's a good fucking joke <laughs> He goes he goes, That's a good joke It deserves more reaction Than you gave it <laughs> Here in Shangri-La Here in fucking Charleston West Virginia He was You know what I loved About going to see Brody him Brody Stevens has made An entire genre of that Right there yeah, yeah, he's like, he's funnier when his joke does when, not yeah, land. Whenever, yeah, really? when nobody laughs yeah. at it. That's when he's on. <laughs> Fantastic. What's uh, am I not am I not good looking enough? Yeah. I was in the Hangover. <laughs> yeah, Hangover Two, Due Date, Cut Out of Funny People, Positive Energy. <laughs> Could do the whole act, I think. Which one's Brody Jenner? Uh, that's Brody Jenner is uh, the combination of it's the love child of uh, of Caitlyn Jenner. And um, somebody with the name Brody. Oh, the sheriff from Jaws. <laughs> Roy Schneider. Yeah, Roy Schneider. <laughs> the sheriff from Jaws. <laughs> sheriff Jenner. What is Jaws? Shut up. <laughs> you go in the cage. Cage goes in the water. Sharks, Sharks in the water. Ah, shot. That's a, that's actually something that Farewell I that, that, that and I do to you, fair Spanish, Spanish ladies. Farewell and I do to you, ladies of Spain. Spain. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck were we talking about? Uh, no, we just, I'm high as shit right now. <laughs> I know. That's that's how I, that's how I've gotten away with talking for ten minutes. No, I like it. Uh, it works. I'm tired course. of carrying this fucking. <laughs> I got, hey, give it to fuck me. Fuck you. Give it to me, big guy. I got some big fucking shoulders. <laughs> I carry a lot of things. 
I got a quiet ginger and angry Irishman at me all the time, not to mention Elena. <laughs> I'm here to giggle. <laughs> I'm here to giggle and I've, not I've, I've listened, you know, I go back and listen to our shows piecemeal. I don't listen to them all at once just because I'm in between, like, going to work or, you know. Whatever. Busy man. Charles Keene, the man about town. No time for your podcast, <laughs> yes, old. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. I'm on the fucking thing and don't even listen to it. I listen. To Keep it. your chin up, Charles K. Keenan. I listen to it when I masturbate. Charles Keenan, major Hollywood player. Are you saying you masturbate to it, or yeah. it's just playing in the background? Well, and I watch porn watch and then I listen to it while I masturbate. So it's like a it's a total immersion. Yeah, nice. Have to try that. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. I would definitely agree with that. But I've listened. Aaron is the funniest guy on the show. Right. Thank you. And he doesn't. And it's. I think some of us go for laughs. Aaron Aaron hangs back. Aaron's the sniper. Yeah. Aaron watches the situation. And he really gets a good one. Haven't had one yet in here in this one. I haven't. Really shut one in. I you're, you're just biding your time. I don't know I mean, if you're really familiar but later with on. It's going to be Frampton, a... but he yells over everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. Later <laughs> on, Aaron's going to release of Bukaki of Funnies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I've Bukkake really enjoyed this so far. I've just I've been sitting over here just listening and yeah. This has been a good one. The dynamic yeah. has changed. You, well, you've eaten, it has. It's you've eaten 27 of Elena's sandwiches. I've seen. Forty more. I've, I've taught her well, sir. Let's go already! <laughs> She'll just keep stacking them and stacking them. She knows how to work that kitchen, sir. I like that she lightly grills the uh, bread before she makes the sandwich. I love that. A, I love the capicol. You got a good broad over there. It's not the uh, the butter. It's I've not been butter. Too much Sopranos oil. She spreads oil on it and shit. Mm. It's good shit. It's okay. You eat too much of that, and you get a little. Get a little, you know, heft in the gabagaboosh. <laughs> Johnny Blue Jeans eats a I don't have an Italian accent. There's no way to get past this. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, no Italian accent. What about the babagadoosh? <laughs> I don't know how it. The, uh... No, I, I, I literally did that to my boss the other day. I, I was polishing my Italian. Oh, well, yeah. That, but after I was done, I was polishing my Italian offended thing, you know, where they. Right. And he looked down. And it, I really scared the shit out of him because he wasn't in on it. Everybody else around was in on it. He thought he was on fire or something. So I looked down and go, oh! And he's like, looks at his shirt. He's like, what? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, that's that's what Italians do when they get yeah. pissed off. And you're Italian, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm anti-Italian. <laughs> oh, man. Anti-Italian, anti-Irish, whatever. Punch you right in the fucking kidney. Scott. I'm a little of both. Some of my beer's got nine colors in it. No, Andy's the only guy I know who isn't who doesn't. When when he drank a lot last week, he. Uh, I was about to say, <laughs> I'm curious to see where the rest of that sentence yeah. comes from. <laughs> when he drank a lot in the navy. <laughs> in the navy. No, he was the only person who didn't drink on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I, I don't. Sad. A little bit, little bit late on that, huh? Rim shot. A rim job. Nice. Thanks, Clarence. Yeah. We were yeah. talking about you bombing. Yeah. I bombed <laughs> in front of hipster kids. Uh, I bombed in front of a room full of uh, Latino people. That was uh, I. not even being stereotypical about it. I think it was a language barrier. I th- 
I, I or even feel. a concepts barrier, probably. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's what I mean. I feel like they didn't understand some of the slang I was using that's from around here, you know. Yeah. And cause I, was, I was down in fucking Charlotte, and they're just like staring at me. I'm like, eh, it's, I guess I'll just buy your oranges. <laughs> <laughs> at least one of us can make some money tonight. Um, I've bummed before. I'm a, a, a shitty musician. I've played in front of three people. Right. And two of them worked there. Yeah. And he was the other one. And like midway through my set and after I take a break, they're like, you know, you can just go home. <laughs> <laughs> and they gave me my money and sent me on my merry fucking way. There's Didn't a... you feel dirty after that? I felt fucking awesome. <laughs> I was in gent for fuck's sake. Oh, God. He started changing lyrics to his songs. Because nobody cared. Very offensive shit. I'm pretty sure he said pussy like eight times. <laughs> and nobody... Even turn their heads. They were just over wiping the bar down. Like, here's that pussy song again. <laughs> Wearing a hole in the barn. Um, the bar I work at now, I'm not going to give it a shout out because my boss is like, don't fucking talk about working at the bar. They'll try and tax me. <laughs> you know. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> might want to edit that explanation out. In case you <laughs> Everybody knows you work at the Boulevard Tavern. That's right. Um. The Bully Tav. The, the Bully Tav. But uh, we had a band in there one time that was playing, and they had they were from Morgantown, and they had a show on a Saturday night, and the Friday night before, they had done a show in Philadelphia with a band that was from Charlotte, and they had talked this band into, instead of going down just through Virginia, <laughs> they had talked this band into coming down to Charleston and being their opening act. <laughs> Both these bands, seven guys between two bands, played for me, the owner, and the bartender. The bartender walked outside to smoke a cigarette. I walked out with her. The owner comes out and goes, just want you to know right now that since I came out here to smoke a cigarette, they are literally playing to nobody. <laughs> were they any good? They were great. Isn't that Respect the shit out of that? Isn't that fucking shame? They, they were great. I bought their CD. They gave me a shirt because I bought their CD because apparently plastic costs more than textiles. <laughs> but uh, this economy, yeah, I know. In this economy, in this economy, <laughs> you can't stream a T-shirt, Charles. <laughs> I mean, you can. <laughs> You'll see my moobs. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I, was, I felt so bad for those dudes. Though. I was like, shit. This, but then. I started doing stand up more and I've like I've been in places. Um I did a show down in uh fucking Alderson. Oh Jesus. And I've done two shows in Alderson actually. One wasn't that bad. I did one with Sam Canterbury and Marcus Oglesby, two very funny comedians. Marcus is uh Marcus is way funnier than I am in my opinion. Um Does he have a Twitter shout out his Twitter? Uh he does don't know what it is. Good deal. I follow him on Twitter. Mm. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Frandy Ampton, which is uh, Andy Frampton with the F and R from Frampton put in front <laughs> of my name. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. That's really what it is. That's the, really what the that's fuck awesome. it is. Well, I say that because my accent makes it hard to understand what the fuck I said sometimes. <laughs> um, I've thought about having a more distinguished speaking voice, but it seems when I don't cut the G's off of my words, my jokes miss their mark. <laughs> That's very true. 
It, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but uh, now we, we did a show in Alderson. It did pretty good, you know. Uh, not a lot of people, but they had they had a good time, and that's the point. You have a good time, you're willing to come back again and see them. So that's the point. Plant the seed. But I did a show in Alderson like a year and a half ago, and it was the bartender. And this lady who was playing a poker machine. Oh, goddamn. And the guy running the bar is just like, well, I mean, you know, go out there and do the show. Maybe uh, maybe people from the other bars will hear it and come over here. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine somebody's like, man, this Blue Oyster Cult tribute band is awesome. Is, is someone telling jokes? <laughs> <laughs> somebody's talking about their dick somewhere. <laughs> Fuck this band. <laughs> I'm going to go bang a cowbell to this fucking joke about being at the supermarket. Blue Oyster Cult. I wonder if there is a Blue Oyster Cult tribute band. There's there. more than one. There's an all-girl Blue Oyster Cult tribute band called Blue Oyster Cunt. Mm-hmm. That's fucking awesome. There is. I an, made that up, but I hope it's true. <laughs> the, the, there's a. The, there's an all-girl Rage Against the Machine tribute band, and I can't remember what they're called, but their name was fucking hilarious. It was a parody name, and they played down in Charleston a few months ago. Are they any good? Yeah, they were awesome. Really, they were fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Do they try uh, to like look like they're the people who they're? The, the girl singing had her hair grown out and all dreaded like Della Rocca had at one point. Um, I tried to listen to them recently. I'm not a big rage. Against I was the a huge rage. Against you can I, have too not much enough, rage. Not the machine. Well, I don't have the energy. <laughs> I don't have the <laughs> my, anger. My thing <laughs> was, uh, I was never a big rage against the machine fan because I just don't like Zach Della Rocca. I, I never have, but. When Rage Against the Machine dropped him and picked up Chris Cornell and became Audio Slave, or as I love to call them, Rage Against the Garden, <laughs> their first album was fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is four guys who went in and literally put aside any difference they might have had. And those differences crept in on the second album because Chris Cornell's an ego fucking maniac. And, is know, he? Oh, yeah. Nobody fucking likes I didn't likes know that. Him. Very he, handsome. Yeah, he's Henry gorgeous. Oh, he's a gorgeous he's, man. He's a piece of man candy. That's he for is sure. a gorgeous fucking man. He's no man. Henry Cavill. I'll he's tell you the that. Gerard <laughs> Butler of music. He's no Gerard Henry Butler Cavill. quails in front of him. I wonder. Henry I wonder Cavill. what Henry Cavill sings like. Probably like an angel. He's he's. <laughs> he doesn't even. Charlene sing. is just as pretty as his angels when they sing. <laughs> he probably doesn't even sing. His dick sings. Well, they probably put the microphone in his pants. He's like, there you go, ladies. It just whistles, sir. (laughs) 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 Let's face it. Henry Cavill's singing career could be him silent on stage, standing there, and he would still sell 40 trillion albums. I'm into it. You already knew that. It'd just be silence. Can you imagine him standing there? That's what he's doing right now. (laughs) He's scratching his nose. I bet he has a bewildered look on his face. I take exception to that, sir. Henry Cavill would never be bewildered. There's no <laughs> smoldering in confusion. There's no be. set of circumstances that could bewilder that godlike man. Mm. I don't even know who he is, and I'll be on this joke. <laughs> He's the man who plays Superman, sir. The new Superman? Yeah. In Batman vs. Superman or Well Man of Steel. Man of Steel, man of Steel, Steel and, Batman and Batman vs. Superman. Okay. Um, Not Brandon Ralph. Oh, I know it wasn't Brandon Ralph. Who's awesome, by the way. Um, Great Superman. John Hogg. Couldn't get couldn't get into that <laughs> Superman because uh, I loved Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. Couldn't get into it because Kumar was a bad guy. I was like, nah. Uh, well, he didn't have a line in the whole thing. He yeah, just awesome. he, he he did all the shit for Lex Luthor. He, he just, it wasn't even that. There's just a point where like 
Superman gets up and the bad guys like line up at different distances away, but in like a line. And there's a point where Kumar's just like all fucking like menacing. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not. You. No. I know I too much it. about you. It's, it's like I've seen so many things that you've done in your fucking off time. I will never take you as an evil henchman. Like, Sit like down, if, Raj. Like if they made, yeah, if they made <laughs> yeah. all the minions look like you, then that movie would have been horrible. I saw Minions the other day. Pretty was good. it good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Despicable Me was good. Despicable I didn't see the second good. one. That's a uh, oh, we were talking earlier at the old gas station there in Alloy. Uh, <laughs> it's fancy. What are you, the Wesley Arms? <laughs> get into the hot tub. <laughs> Look, here, you, you need to shut the fuck up. Because as I came up here to this beautiful mountain of pillows that housed three, you know, chiseled-bodied men. <laughs> I'm aware there is a town up here in this fucking cesspool of poverty that you fuckers have to drive through. Hey! Oh! That is called Charlton Heights. We're in Charlton Heights. I'm aware. I was, I was trying to leave <laughs> some mystery. Charlton, sir. I was trying to leave some fucking mystery to where the goddamn pillow fort was. Sorry. No, we, we, we advertise where it is because we want all comers. Oh, well. Yeah, that's what you need. More people in this town. <laughs> you chiseled a town out of the side of a fucking mountain And you're trying to say you're higher class than me Think about that one I didn't say it, sir Little, Hot meat kettle There's literally um, There used to be an ordinance for uh, Charlton Heights up here on the hill where I live <clears throat> Right Black people weren't allowed to live up here Is that right? Is, yeah. that, is that a fact? Um, I'm from Chesapeake, and I didn't know this until a couple of years ago. I knew I was from Chesapeake. Uh, the, 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 the fact that <laughs> 26 years old, I'm sitting at the bus stop. I don't know where I live. Help me, Officer Dan. <laughs> you got to get home again. All right, we'll start fucking nitro. We'll just drive to you see your street. This is becoming a pattern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've been doing this for 11 years. No, uh, the lower, like, not so much now, but uh, when I was growing up in Chesapeake, Chesapeake was, like, really divided. Like, the upper-class white people that ran the town lived up in the upper third of the town. The middle part was all the blue-collar white people, and the lower end was where all the black people lived. And it was you know when you're fucking 5 that's never a question you know like, well, why 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 did Jamal live 10 blocks away you know <laughs> fucking uh but as i got older i was wondering i was like why like how effective as a group of racists were you to keep them from fucking buying property it's like somebody, some black family had to come through here with money one time, and y'all just raised up and was like, nope, not here. Well, then after uh, slavery and shit, there were laws passed in a lot of places that said... Right, but I was born in 1982, well, so sometimes those, those laws didn't come off the books. Well, and, here's what I'm getting at, though. Uh, I found out, uh, I don't know, it was probably about 21 or 22, when the interstate went through, okay, the interstate in Chesapeake, the lower end of town, there used to be a bunch of like borderline shanty shacks up there, and that's where a bunch of black people lived. And when the interstate came through, they bought all that property. 
And they gave these families and, you know, everything, they gave them a bunch of fucking money for the time because the interstate was going to revolutionize the area, you know, economy, business, everything. It was going to be great. So they paid out the ass for property. They gave it to them. And so instead of moving somewhere else, these black families just moved down to the lower end of town, bought these houses that were already vacant. They bought them, started out. Well, then these uppity fucking white people went, well, I'm not going to live down here. I'm going to move into the middle of town. And that's why the middle of my town looks like a double-stuffed fucking Oreo. Like, up where the school is and the fucking six-figure-making motherfuckers live, there's one person every thousand fucking yards. Lower end, there's one person every probably 800 yards. In the middle of town near the fire department and everything, there's literally houses leaning on each other. Because they were just like, I got to get away from the black people. It's like, fucking. <laughs> they, they tie their shoes. The same. Well, they got Velcro on their Jordans, but still. Hey. Hey. They do, because I never bought the Jordans because I didn't like Velcro shoes. That's not racist. <laughs> That's fucking, just a choice. I fucking hated Velcro it's just, shoes. It's a choice of aesthetics. You take your Velcro race. shoes Whoa. off. You do, you, you're fucking eight years old. You take your Velcro shoes off. You don't put the Velcro thing back over. You get your shoes the next day. There's fucking carpet fuzzies and like your mom's yeah, straight hair like in the quick. fucking thing. Yeah. yeah. So I learned to tie my shoes and put those little Elmo biter things on the knot. <laughs> Fuck y'all. <laughs> he's no, wearing, I, I, he's I'm, wearing them now. No, I'm an adult now. I tie my shoes one time and never come untied. Amen. <laughs> Every pair of sneakers I have is like a goddamn pair of loafers. Just slip them onto the door, kick them off like Mr. Rogers on a crack binge. <laughs> Time to learn, children. <laughs> What's that, trolley? You want me to do a line off your ass? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you know that Steve Gutenberg was one of the people inside the... Uh... No, it was Michael Keaton. Was on Mr. Yeah, Rogers. was on Mr. Rogers. I was hoping I it was that. Steve Gutenberg. We don't talk about him I enough. really <laughs> was hoping after I said this, I was like, please don't be wrong. Yes, I am. Michael That's Keaton funny. and Dave Letterman were on... Uh, Summertime Smile Factory? Something like that, where they were standing in line doing a musical number, and they were in leotards. <laughs> Dave Letterman and Michael Keaton both. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> they brought it up when Letterman was retiring a few months ago. Nice. Yeah, and I was like, oh, look at all the things you did. He was on Mork and Mindy, too, at one point. Letterman was? Yeah, and he was like, that was the day I figured out I wasn't a good actor. I was like, well, that sh- shouldn't have been hard. Michael Keaton used to do stand-up quite a bit back in the 80s. He, he stood Courtney Cox up a couple times <laughs> against a wall and hey. had sex with her butthole. <laughs> there lucky go. bastard. Best Michael Keaton thing I've ever heard. He hosted Saturday Night Live, and uh, before the show, on the Friday night before the show, he took them all out to eat. And uh, they're all at a big table, and they're arguing over who's going to get the bill because the host was never supposed to pay. Mm-hmm. And Keaton grabs the bill, and they're trying to get it away from him. He's like, no, 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 it's fine. No, finally. And he said, uh, I, th- I think it might have been Phil Hartman Rich for it. And he jerked the bill away, and he goes, he goes, Michael, we have to pay. And he goes, no, you don't. He goes, why? And he goes, I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he said everybody just settled down and let him pay the goddamn bill. And he grapple hooked out of the building. <laughs> he was like, gone. <laughs> Where does he fit in the canon? Let's rank the Batman. The, 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 like, do we do we include Adam West or just movie? Of Batman? course, we include Adam West. Okay, uh, we're including Adam West. Do we include animated voices? Yes. Okay. Because Bruce Tim is okay the guy. Um, who's Ma- first? Michael Keaton. Number one. Michael Keaton is my number one Batman. 
Michael Keaton, then Adam West, then dude who did his voice in the in the animated series. Keep going. Oh, we, we got to do the shitty ones? Okay. Yeah. Um, Clooney over Kilmer, but Bale over both of them. Clooney is my favorite just because in the very opening scene, he crashes through Freeze's uh, ceiling. There he goes, hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. I just wanted to fucking kill myself. Because you knew how bad it was going to fucking be. And Clooney, you know what I like about Clooney? In in typical Clooney Silver Fox fashion, took complete possession of it and said, I fucked up. I was bad. Well, yeah, yeah. But do you know why Clooney and Kilmer were able to be Batman? Because Joel Schumacher took it over. Do you know why that happened? Do you know why Tim Burton walked away? No, I don't. Because McDonald's stuck their advertising dick in... And said, hey, your movies are really fucking dark. And it's really hard for us to market these toys. Are to you kids. fucking kidding me? No, I'm not. McDonald's said, we literally have Batman Returns toys still in the fucking warehouse that we couldn't get rid of in our kids' meals. We need you to lighten up. And the studio went, yeah, yeah, Tim, they're right. Uh, you, you need to, like, he'd already written Bat- Batman 3, and he was like, this is the base idea I want to do. And they were like, that's. That's fucking insane. Did have you ever seen the idea? Has it ever been released? I don't think the idea ever got released. I think he had like written just a rough draft on maybe like a fucking like a, a legal tablet, maybe. Right. Like yeah, I would like for this, 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 and this to happen. You know, it's like maybe three or four sheets. Uh ne- never seen the actual write up of it. But he was like, if you don't want to do what I want to do, he's like, yeah, I'm open to criticism. He's like, but I'm not I'm not gonna make it happy go lucky just to appease McDonald's. So he left. Keaton was already wanting like four more million dollars for the next one. He was instead of instead of ten, I think it was instead of ten. He was wanting like seventeen or something. Right. But uh, Keaton came in to negotiate, and they were like, "Well, look, man, uh, Tim Burton's not directing it." And he was like, "Oh, well, I'm just going to go then." Well, good for Keaton. Yeah, I mean, good for Keaton. Ma- yeah, makes he, me like him just, even more. Yeah, he, mean, he just he just fucking left. Well, I mean, y- you know, Batman Forever. I wanted it to work. Like, I really did. And you know, the only good thing that came after Michael Keaton was no longer Batman? What? The fact that I can never, I can never hear the song Kiss from a Rose without seeing Batman crashing through that skylight. <laughs> Baby, I can bear you to a kiss from the rose on the grave. Oh, nobody really knows the words to that song. Nobody. Everybody but, just knows, baby. Yeah. yeah. Baby. Then it kind of trails off. Baby. Best, best moment of American Idol. Jack Black on it singing Kiss from a Rose. <laughs> I don't remember that. It's, it's, I saw it on YouTube. It's the uh, Kyle Gass is in the audience crying. I don't know why Jack. <laughs> I don't know why Jack Black was on American Idol. Like I've never. My parents I were, love them so. Much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my parents were addicted to American Idol, and every time I would go to visit them, I would like luck into being there on American Idol Day. <laughs> and because uh, for a minute, Fox ran it like every fucking night. Yeah, it was like and tune in at eight o'clock to watch shithead sing again. But uh. I would go over and they'd get into the competition part, you know, and then for whatever reason they brought celebrities on and I was like, she was like, oh yeah, those guys, uh, Jack Black and his buddy that's the best, like Tenacious D, like they were on American Idol and I went and looked it up and 
some kind of like they were doing it for charity or some shit. Yeah. There's a ton of celebrities on there, but he sang "Kiss from a Rose" and just oversold the shit out of it. Like he like cow gas threw roses at him. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the crowd crying. It was like at the end of uh, the freaking John Cusack movie uh, b- 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 about records. High fidelity. High fidelity. Yeah. He oversings the shit out of uh, Walking on Sunshine. <laughs> yep. Didn't he oversing the shit out of the Marvin Gaye song? Let's get it on. He did that too at the end there. <laughs> that's a good movie. I think Jack Black oversings everything, and I think that's awesome. Well, I yeah. think that he's found what works for him. Yeah. You know, the, well, that thing find what you what works for you and exploit it. Yeah, he's really good. Seth MacFarlane has has really gone after Jack Black a couple of times. I mean, you know, you know what? Um, get, get ready, internet. I'm gonna fucking bash Seth MacFarlane. Oh no. Um, Ho! Yeah. Oh! <laughs> I'm a huge Seth MacFarlane fan until I saw an interview with Seth MacFarlane, Amy Poehler, and Penn Jillette. This we were talking about on this. Larry this King. Is a good one. And Seth MacFarlane is, and, and what they're doing is they're bashing the Tea Party. And I don't care where you stand politically. You're sitting there bashing something. You're like, well, I'm offended by what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. You're, every bit of money you've ever made is made from offending people. You don't get to bitch about being offended. You don't see the South Park guys fucking rallying a war cry, you know, for fucking Special Olympics or whatever. Well, they'll, they'll write an episode about it. Yeah, <laughs> they'll write an episode. They might give them some money, but they don't go, oh, yeah, well, people should really stop fucking. They just let the fucking work speak for them. You're, you literally make fucking Michael J. Fox Zorro jokes, okay? You're not allowed to... Oh, I'm offended by that. Fuck you! That was a good fucking joke. It is a good fucking joke, but you can't... Like, you're you're allowed to get offended, but you, but then you talk shit to people that get offended by what you do? That's fucking stupid. Well, I mean, and we were talking about the line that I found really great is I like Pendulette. I, I think he's I think he's brilliant. But he, he's a right-wing guy, you know. But he's, well, he's right, a libertarian. That's what he's I'm saying. But he's, like we were talking about Ventura. Like, he's they're the right-wing in the right way. You know what I mean? Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. I think in the right way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not saying as in that's, they're right. You know what I mean? That's where I stand with politics. I, I, I'm more conservative, but I'm so close to middle of the road, I just lean right. It's like I got no problem with – I would love to see legal weed. I, I, I like think, to see yes. legal drugs. I think period. I think I think legal weed's a great idea. Um, I don't give a shit about. Uh, I, I don't get uptight about gay people getting married. I don't. Th- I've never lost a single second of sleep over the idea that one day two dudes would be able to marry each other and live forever happy and peaceful. Yeah. That I didn't. That doesn't bother me. But at the same time. Um, I want to be able to carry a gun into a fucking mall without you knowing I got it. <laughs> I want to be able to eat everything deep fried that I fucking want. Well, I, I think where it get, goes over is... You know, I don't want the kid at Wendy's making 15 fucking dollars, which is an exaggerated statement because when they say that, they mean in a metropolitan area, not in uh, fucking Charleston, West Virginia, where it would just raise my medium, bleh, minimum wage to like maybe 10. You know? Yeah. Ten is what I make. Well, so you popper. T- 
Uh, yeah. Please, sir, <laughs> can I, I have I, some I know, more? I know, <laughs> more? I, know, I know certified more? welders that are making 950, okay? See, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not bitching. I'm just saying that, that's the way it is. That's what I'm saying, is, though. But it's, it's like uh, that's where I, I lean extremely right on. Well, well I want to make $15 at McDonald's. Well, sell drugs. Sell drugs through the drive-thru. Fuck you. It's like do what everybody at McDonald's does already. Well... Wait, you can get drugs at the McDonald's drive-thru? <laughs> Wait a second. I'm going to the wrong McDonald's. That changes everything. I don't know what the one in Smithers does. That one in Quincy, fuck. A number two's got a whole new meaning. That's not that much farther of a drive. Hey. Go up there. Did you see where the guy was putting his mixtapes in the Happy Meals? Yeah. That's so fucking awesome. <laughs> it's genius. Yeah. I saw the picture of the guy, and it just made me think that it was literally cassettes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Did he have why, a bow like, the members-only jacket? <laughs> no. He had, like, the bowl cut The black dudes get where it's just, it's just braids, but it's the bowl cut all the way around, and he was sitting there, and he was just, like, staring like he was so stoned. He was like... When I heard this story, I, I hoped it was Leonard. Oh, yeah. I really hoped it was Leonard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's putting his mixtape in there, and like I, I just kept saying, I was like, I really hope parents got mad because it was a cassette. And, they, <laughs> then, they, and then their kids were like, what is this? And then they had to they talk to, to their yeah. kids. <laughs> like, that's why parents got mad. Do you know what you put me through trying to explain 1980s technology? Do you know how long I dug through the fucking attic looking for that goddamn ABBA cassette? <laughs> This is ABBA. Nobody liked them, but we all pretended to. Yeah. Here, listen to this. Take a chance, take a chance, take a chance. <laughs> this is Andy Gibb. Here, he's a, here's an even better one. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> what fire did you start, Daddy? <laughs> Fuck, more questions! <laughs> Who started the fire, Daddy? Ronald Reagan. Well. well. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx! You motherfucker. You motherfucker! <laughs> I do pretty good too. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like it. You guys see uh, that uh, our boy Donald Trump said that uh, John McCain was not a war hero because he got captured. And you know, I, I like guys who don't get captured. He's a fucking <laughs> here's, douche nozzle. Here's my favorite thing about the Donald Trump John McCain saga. Um, which is going to go forever. I hope McCain has not really replied because he's just like, eh, you know. Yeah, probably because he's been dead for four years. <laughs> he's been propping <laughs> him up. He's like a wacky, waving, inflatable, arm filling tube guy. No, it's like, a, it's, it's like fucking weekend right wing Bernie's house. <laughs> they just put sunglasses on him and they're like, John McCain. And he's like, <laughs> fucking. The, we're on radio. Bernie's. You can't weekend see me do Bernie's. that. Weekend at Bernie's. That's, that's a hilarious premise. Yeah. Dear McDonald's, do you realize I had to explain to my child what a VHS tape is? <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. Fire that employee. Dear McDonald's, thanks for giving me a great idea. Your next Happy Meal will come with an autographed picture of me, Russ, Russ McCubbin. McCubbin. Keep your, your chin, chin up, up. Russ McCubbin. McCubbin. <laughs> Attention, Pillow Fort audience. Attention, Pillow Fort audience. Make Russ McCubbin trend on Twitter. Hashtag Russ McCubbin. Hashtag Russ McCubbin. He was in, um, uh, he was in a John, uh, no, a Clint Eastwood movie, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in the Davy Crockett series, too, back when TV didn't have any old fancy look at his pictures in color. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was he Davy Crockett? Uh, no, he was one of Davy Crockett's friends, which means he died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never heard a fucking story about Davy Crockett and Jim, have you? <laughs> 
Davy Crockett's friends were more nameless than the fucking sidekicks <laughs> of the outlaw Josie Wales, okay? Or the guys with the red shirts on Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Going over with Oh, the Big Bang Theory's uh, audience just came in. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> hey, um, I like that show. <laughs> have you watched it without Laugh Track? I can't. It'll ruin it. <laughs> no, because I know how bad that will be. It's, I'm like, oh, this is painful. One of my favorite things about laugh tracks is what? back in the day when Adult Swim was still young and nubile, and they would put Space Ghost on and put the laugh tracks on it. <laughs> I love Space Ghost. And they'd be like, if we don't get there in time, Zorak will destroy the moon. And you just hear some guy go, oh no! <laughs> Space Ghost. Something would happen, like Blip would be doing something, and he'd be like, oh, like, stop. Stop it. I like beans. <laughs> yeah. um, do, do you know who I? You know my favorite, <laughs> my favorite Adult Swim character ever is Carl of Aquatine. Right. I was watching the episode <laughs> the other day where he has that shirt from the Intergalactic and Sanitarium. Right. <laughs> that is the funniest fucking four minutes of just the beginning of the episode because it falls apart by the end. I mean, but he's talking about how he. <laughs> He attacked it, and, I, I, and the reason this pertains to this show is I didn't know what a deep cut was, and then the, and I was watching it. I laughed so hard for like ten minutes because he's just like, he's like the demon came up on me. He's playing, you know, like a rush moving pictures, like a getting like deep cut, you know what I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it from an end to hit him. Oh, I keep it up the bass solo. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking good shit. Um, anyway, speaking of fucking obnoxious fucking Jersey people, Donald Trump. <laughs> Yeah, I um, think he should get Carl to be like his he, the, his running mate. <laughs> Alex Jones all the way. Here's the thing that with Donald Trump and John McCain, like I was going to say earlier before we riffed for a while, which is what you guys are good at and why I love you. Um, when McCain ran for the presidency, people went out of their way. Fuck this, fuck this, blah, blah, blah. John McCain's piece of shit. A little while later, a bigger piece of shit made fun of him. We all ran to his defense. We were like, hey, hey, he's <laughs> a war hero, talk sir. Shit. We can talk shit about John McCain. You can't tell fucking Tommy Toupee. Get your fucking ass back over and destroy his no, golf course. No, but here's the thing, okay? I, I, I'm, I'm going to defend this for, for one second because John McCain, as much as even the – well, not the truly far left wing, because they fucking hate everybody. Before you go any further, realize that John McCain is the guy that put Sarah Palin in the spotlight. I understand okay. that, but I also understand that that was the idea of the Republican Party. It really was. Seeing Russia from your house? <laughs> Don't you know Bobby Generic's fucking mom <laughs> as the fucking <laughs> running mate? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I never noticed that. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, Uncle Ted, hey there, Bobbo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Time for noogies. Fish don't stink. <laughs> I'm <a> Anyway, John McCain, he was actually, when he, fir- when he first came out, and he's one of the guys who will break from his party and say what he really feels. That's one of the things I respect about him. He was a Republican that I would actually have considered voting for. You know what I mean? And it's not because they're Republicans. Even though, man, you know, I was raised. Democrat, like hardcore. It's like, you don't fucking vote Republican. I don't believe that. You know, I used to believe when I was younger. There just hasn't happened to be a Republican candidate that I would cast a vote for. John but McCain was one of them. Did we not just talk about Herman Cain? I was going to say, we talked about the godfather of Godfather's Pizza. 
like can, can yeah you, i'd vote can for you, him i would vote for him just to see what his reaction and and sound can, bites would be i can tell dealing you dealing with people at a national like, i can tell you what his reaction would be if you went and told him that you had voted for him he would say oh chuck shucky ducky <laughs> <laughs> and then you would say thank you herman and he would say yes sir and then he'd walk away <laughs> he'd shuffle off to get us all coffee. Oh, God. <laughs> this is fucking... Oh, my God. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag overt racism. Pillow fort. No. Herman, my good boy. <laughs> uh, this is we need a- more tea in the Oval Office. <laughs> we'll have our tea on the sun porch, sir. It's a brisk day, Herman. I'll take my tea on the foyer. <laughs> it's good to have land. It's good to have land. Did you say you wanted a uh, manservant named Bennington just so you could look at him and say, <laughs> Ah, this is living Bennington. <laughs> 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 or jump in your limo, Home Bennington! Yeah, home Bennington! <laughs> you just gotta hang out. It would be the equivalent of like driving the bus for like a failed 80s rock band. <laughs> Because they go in a bar and get all drunk and coked up, and then they storm back on the fucking vehicle, and like you've been sitting there sleeping, crying because your kids aren't around. <laughs> Take us home to the next town. Yes, sir. <laughs> Take me to the next brothel, Bennington. <laughs> it's only 2 p.m. on the Lord's Day. <laughs> That's my voice for once I get rich. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got it unlocked for you know what happens. No, but we, Either that or I'm going to be like, I'm a crazy Texas millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Can you promise me all my losings will be safe in this hell money closet? <laughs> but lose billions in this here Cassini. <laughs> no, but uh, McCain, and where I think people take umbrage with him is the fact that he... Big word, umbrage. Umbrage. Mm. Yeah. Hashtag Somebody. Russ McCubbin doesn't understand that. <laughs> No, the fact that Trump, who is a trust fund piece of shit fucking moron, who he's just he's so objectionable of a person. And here he's attacking a guy who uh sat in a in a prison camp for five years, would not would not do what they told him, and they fucked him up. They fucked him up really bad. And yeah, he, and, that, and that guy has the fucking audacity to sit there and talk shit about him when one the fuck ha, what the fuck have you ever done? I mean, other than you but know, that's that's how this country has been for twenty years, man. It's it's like it, it doesn't matter who we elect as the next president. I'm literally going to be like, congratulations, America. Twenty years of people that don't do anything they fucking told you they would. Well, it's like I've been talking about the neo patricians, and it's <laughs> that's that's the signal for uh, my rant, right? Chuckie Tater Sax Rant. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, draw your attention to the center ring. Scathing reviews of, <laughs> of everything from musical culture to today's politics. We give you the politically correct clown, <laughs> Charles Q. Rock hard cock. I have a feeling that that, is, that entire thing is going to be cut and played every week when I start to flip out. I hope so. I might be able I to do so. that. I have the capability. Here at the end of the show, we'll go through and do it again without me laughing. It'll be no, great. we won't. Yeah, <laughs> There's nothing in this episode we're going to do without laughing. That's true. 
but, Except for masturbating. Which we've all been doing since we started. <sighs> oh, I got started late. Fuck. <laughs> oh, here, have the KY. Would you like a prostate stimulator? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so today on Facebook, I saw a picture that uh, showed what appeared to be a very rock and roll punk rockish boy holding a plastic butt plug in front of a hearse. And the caption said, my life is made. I just found out today that to stop leakage from the anal cavity, everybody that goes through a mortuary is given a plastic butt plug like this with threads on it. It makes me happy to know that every gay hating person that dies has a plug put in their anus for the rest of their eternity. And all I could think was... A lot of thought went to that fucking butt plug. <laughs> so a threaded butt plug. Threaded. <laughs> yeah. Score. So it's Net gain. I didn't know the butthole had threads. Like, do they know how bolts work? Is it left hand or right hand thread? Exactly. Fine thread, coarse thread, what are we talking about? It could about be pipe here? threading for all oh, we fucking Oh, Jesus. Know. Then we're in all kinds of trouble. Yeah. It's, it's like you just, that's not threaded. You just put a fucking spiral on it. I've seen dildos with better, okay? <laughs> what am I I've seen dildos that have that? fucking built in <laughs> Wi Fi. Fuck you, funeral plug. <laughs> Is your fucking dead butt plug. <laughs> Take it away, Charles. Yeah. <laughs> I, forgot. I forgot where I was going with anything. I forgot I've yeah. completely. Ladies and uh, You were talking about them uh, talking shit about uh, John McCain. John McCain. Well, I, think I, I think I just said everything I needed you, to you're, say. You're good fucking buddy, Johnny Denang. He's... He, everything I've seen that's like even left wing... When it's something that's common sense, almost invariably, they bring in John McCain, who says, yeah, that's fucking true. You know, right. he, he's willing to come out and break from the party and say what's just, what is just down the line fact. This is what it is. This is what it isn't. And if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? And that's what I like about him. He's done enough that he doesn't have to play those games. You know what I mean? Right. And then we have Trump, who is just appealing to the lowest common denominator. His, his numbers keep going up because he keeps on... He keeps on. He's he's the definition of a rabble rouser. He t- he takes all the idiots, gets them stirred up. He's he's literally, if the idiots are the lion in the cage, he's taking the stick and poking them so he can use right. it. And when he opens the cage, he's going to unleash it on all of us. I literally you know, heard so. people today talking about how excited they are for Donald Trump. Yeah, and I, I guarantee they're not. Their IQ isn't high. I'm excited for Donald Trump. I love the entertainment it's factor. Fun. I was about to say, fun do to you watch. have any fucking idea how great those debates are going to be? Oh, they're going to be the best. <sighs> okay, I can't wait for not Saturday since Night Ross Live, Perot. Really. <laughs> Here's, I can't wait to literally hear Donald Trump in just the most snobbish, boorish fucking attitude and tone <laughs> shut down Rick Santorum. <laughs> <laughs> You want to talk? I about, stand corrected. You want to sir. talk about must Trump yeah. all the way? You want to talk about must see TV? That's what I'm jumping on because NBC and ABC and Fox are going to be jumping to fucking get the rights to that well, one. See, that's the thing is that it has literally become politics has become mass media. It's become entertainment. It's yeah. it's no longer people look at it like they do professional wrestling. You know what it is. Yeah, but I'm saying without the actual physical fights, it's that's exactly what it is. A lot bodies, a lot better with the fights. No bodies, no muscles. No, just see them get all buffed up. Yeah, Mm. I actually have a theory on um, 
nobody gets to hide behind Facebook and keyboards anymore. Uh, what we do when, uh, like, t- take the, uh, the the Jenner scandal. Uh, which name do we call? If I can get. She went and got illegally changed. You call her Caitlin. Doesn't matter. She's got a cock. Fucking, it's on her driver's license. Call her Caitlin. The Come co- with a nickname for her. Call her Moose Knuckle Jenner for all I fucking care. I don't give a shit. Camel Tail. Yeah, Camel Tail. I don't give a fuck. That's a gold win- gold medal winning cock he's, she's got hanging there, too. Yeah. Who the fuck cares what you call her? Instead of everybody like, I'm not going to call Caitlyn Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner. I'm going to call her Bruce because you're fucking soldiers in Iraq. That has no, that's like, I hate it when they do that's that. That's like, I'm not going to eat this cheese sandwich because math is hard. It's like, fuck. <laughs> what the fuck does that have to do with it? Here's what we do from here on out. Nobody gets to post these stupid fucking things, okay? What you do is you have seven days from the time the media breaks the story. All of you gang up that are on the Caitlin side, all of you gang up that are on the Bruce side, okay? And through a, a, a democratic process, probably, you, f- you find the toughest son of a bitch that believes that viewpoint. And then you take them both and you put them in the street and you make them beat the shit out of each other. You don't get to fucking hide behind a keyboard and call me a faggot because I think Caitlyn Jenner should be allowed to live her life as she sees fit. You don't get to tell me how Revelations is going to put the mark of the beast on my scrotum, which is not where the book says it's going to go, by the way, Mrs. Claudine. <laughs> We're you, calling you out, Claudine. Yeah, you have two people fucking just who, they beat the fuck out of each other until one of them can't go anymore. I don't give a fuck if they die. That's one less idiot in the world. Whatever side wins, that's what we go with. (laughs) Until something new happens in that story, okay? If the Bruce side wins, he's still a dude until something new happens. If the Caitlin side wins, we have to tip our hats and say, morning, ma'am, until something new fucking happens. And it's the same way with anything like that. Fucking, you don't like Kanye West singing Bohemian Rhapsody? Good, you're an intelligent person. But you gotta go fight somebody who goes, well, I like that cover. (laughs) And if something happens and that asshole's tougher than you, we gotta listen to that shit for six fucking months. That is the new national anthem. That's the the new national anthem until fucking Freddie Mercury, Freddie Mercury's long lost gay son comes out and is like, well, you know, I don't. And it's like, oh shit, we can go get a rematch, but we have to find a tougher, normal fucking person. See, that's the thing though. I think that in any kind of context where this would be, and I'm pulling for it, by the way. A true and just world. Yes. I think that the idiotic side, I think the idiotic side would have a decided advantage. No, no. Because the idiotic side knows two things. How to bar brawl and how to wear affliction shirts. Okay? (laughs) I've got me 50 new affliction shirts. I've got a tap out shirt on, bruh. I can tap you out. Can you? If I see somebody with a tap out shirt on and they don't have cauliflower ears, I don't worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't worry about anybody with tap out, affliction, anything because they started making affliction shirts in 5X and there's no feasible way that a a proper fighter needs a 5X t shirt. Okay. And I've worked security for WWE and walked in front of the big show. Fuck that. (laughs) If you're making t shirts big enough for people to wear them as prom gowns, they're no longer (laughs) fighter apparel. The only thing those people are fighting is diabetes and they're losing. His finish in this corner. <laughs> His finishing move is called not putting down the fork. 
Oh my god, leg amputation. It's over. Ladies and gentlemen, on main event of the evening, fighting out of the blue corner, the all-time, every-time winning champion with an all-time record of 5,937,604,102,014 victories with flawless form, the devastating one himself, Dr. Diabetes. <laughs> Boo! And fighting out of the red-faced corner because she can't fucking breathe. With a flawless victory of only losing three of the last nine children. <laughs> fighting out of the best trailer park of this side of Tupelo, Mississippi, it's Mean Jean Merlene. Yay! And her devastating finishing move, the one-footed dropkick. <laughs> There you have it. That was episode 13 of Pillow Fort Radio, the night that Andy Frampton came to town. We'll be dropping episode 13.5 on Thursday, so be on the lookout for that. Thank you, Andy Frampton, for blessing us with your presence. We'll be recovering for a long time to come. We love you. 